106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, online for you at WRQK.com, making you richer at 8 a.m. this morning and 9 o'clock as we are passing out Rock 106.9's big cash handout. You get your first keyword at 8, second one at 9. I'm joined this morning, every weekday morning, by Matthew Fantone, and all I can say is this. I'm not always right. I like to pretend I am, but I'm not always right. And I was wrong, wrong about the World Series. I had been saying since the Cavaliers last season, don't worry, Tribe's going to win the World Series too. And then the rest of the baseball season started to kind of happen. And it was like, man, these guys are picking up steam. Looks like they might be able to do this. Then we get into the postseason. And they start winning. And everybody starts saying to me, oh my God, I can't believe this. Dude, you called this. And we go up 3-1 in the World Series. A little familiar there. 3-1 there. And I think to myself, oh, we have this. We have it. And then it comes down to Game 7 last night. And it takes extra innings, which, by the way, base, I know we lost and that part sucks, but baseball's long enough to begin with. Baseball doesn't need rain delays and extra innings in it. I mean, it made it exciting. Don't get me wrong, you know, the extra innings. And it, it was it was a great game. It was a great game seven. And I am a little bummed. I, I, made, uh, I made a couple of comments about this yesterday. I hit a huge ticket at 40 to 1 for them to win. Huge. I would have been, honestly, I'm not even sure I would have came to work today. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I would have came to work today. But I said this yesterday, and I'm going to maintain. You're not going to hear woe is me out of me today. You're not going to get that out of me. And I understand a lot of you are pissed. And I read a lot of it last night. Oh, here we go again. Thanks for nothing. You wasted my time. I don't really get that. I don't understand it. You wasted your time. And if you thought championship or nothing was the only thing, then, then you're going to get let down by sports a lot. Like if that's, your, if that's your yardstick, like we either win the title or all of this was just a waste, you will always be let down by sports. I don't know who could have watched that game last night and said that was a waste of time. Like the only way you could say that is if you didn't like baseball, you didn't like sports, and then, right. oh, it's a waste of time. That was but a it, great game whether, seven. Whether you're an Indians fan, a Cubs fan, a sports fan, a baseball fan, I mean, it was. It, it, that was a phenomenal a game. great game. Game seven. Um, you know, I, dude, and let's be real here. I never want to be the person to pat you on the back, Stansberry. Like, that's kind of a, the, the opposite of what I want to do. Um, but you predicted the Indians were going to win the World Series, and it came down to the final inning of right. extra innings in game seven of the World Series. So a little bit of credit your way. Now, listen. Had them before anybody else as, had them. As, as people who are on the radio, sometimes we just say things, and I don't want to say, oh, this is one of those Stansberry cases. But when you said that, I'm like, dude, he's just saying stuff just to say stuff because that's what we have to do in this job is you got to say stuff. Yeah, but I don't do that. No, never, not once. No, seriously, I don't do that. I I know, but it was one of those cases where I was just like, well, probably not going to happen. And then a million ways along the line, a million different points along the line, I'm like, well... Yeah, Salazar goes down. Right, you know, there's a million people that got hurt. There's a million different reasons. Carrasco goes down, right. You know, when they face the Red Sox, everyone's like, ah, they're going to lose. And then they face the Blue Jays, ah, they're going to lose. And then they face, you know, there was just a million reasons to be like, well, it's okay. And dude, to make it this far into the uh, into the World Series there. I I, I I can't believe, and the reason I shut off my phone last night was those people who it was ah, in third inning, fourth inning, something like that. Tribe was down heavy and I saw people starting to tweet, well, might as well be the Browns. Might as well be the Browns. And I'm, what? Just, like, done. I'm just like, done. It, I'm, it, I'm, I'm done with that. See, that kind of mentality really, it, it does. It angers me. Because, what are the Browns like? 0-8? Because so that's the same thing. So making it to the, to the final minutes of the championship 
thing is the equivalent in your mind of being 0 and 8 in the other sport. Really? Not just 0 and 8, but oh, I mean 0 and 0 and 0 and a decade, 0 and 15 years ago. 0 and a disaster, yeah, really. I mean, yeah. That's what I mean, it, like, that's <laughs> it, it really is. Are. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm bummed today. I had, I mean, dude, it was thousands of dollars I was going to win last night. Like, it was, it was a pretty nice car could have been bought with that ticket I had. I mean, that's how early I got it, and that's how much money my brother and I put on it. It was a lot of money. We really thought this was going to happen. So I'm bummed out today. And I, uh, but, but I, you're not going to get anger about it. And I'm not going to fall into that, you know, woe is me, loser mentality. Here we are again. And I will say, though, not that I'm above it, because I felt it coming up in me yesterday, last night, while watching the end of that game. And I will admit that if it were not for LeBron James and the Cavaliers' victory, I would probably be taking this World Series loss a little harder. Oh, there's no doubt. Even when the even when the tribe was down heavy yesterday and it didn't look like they were going to come back. Yeah, I got the cast. I, that there was. And I mean, yeah, Kyrie's not the worst. At, at the end of the day, for me, I'm always going to put a higher priority on the NBA. Over yeah, you're MLB. just an NBA guy, yeah. right? So uh, there, that that was a comfort for me. Um, I, I wonder if you know. And I posted the video up at WRQK, and LeBron kind of says, "Hey, Indians, we're so proud of you." Blah blah blah. Congratulations to the Cubs. I wonder if in LeBron's mind, he's like. Whew, all the credit's mine, dude. I wonder a little bit. He really? has to, right? Yeah. How can you not? Like, as as an individual. Now, I'm never saying he's going to, like, verbalize that. I'm never saying he's going to, like, you know. And let's be real. The Indians aren't LeBron's team. He pretends like they are now. But from his childhood, the Yankees were his team. I was going to say, the one big scandal that he's had, if you're going to call it a scandal that LeBron James had, was the was the Yankees hat at, at Progressive Field. Like, that was, like, the big, like, I can't believe he did that thing. So, but I, okay, you can make an argument on that side. What I would say is I wonder if it's not the other way, which is if they win, he can relax because now everybody's looking at you going, do you better do it again? Better do it again. And repeating is hard. Now the Cavaliers look really good right now, but I mean, the season doesn't wrap till the, you know, the summer of next year. If you're one of those fans right now looking at LeBron and the Cavs and saying, you better do it again. You better do it again. You're the same kind of a-hole fan that said, well, might as well be a Brown season when the Indians lose the World Series. Because like LeBron, number one, you aren't owed anything. You aren't owed a World Series. You aren't owed an NBA championship, but LeBron delivered one and he delivered one for the first time in 50 plus years. So, at the end of the day, really, the pressure should be off the guy. I mean, even if even if the Cavs never win another championship, I mean, he did it. He brought he brought the title here. Without him, the Larry O'Brien Trophy would yeah, never, never have been here. No banners hanging anywhere in 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 in, in, in recent memory. So I, I just think it, I it's it's a lot of logic for the for the heated sports fan. I think in his in his mind in his you know when he went to bed last night, a little tiny bit of him was like, oh. without me. Dude, it's mine. It's mine. Yeah. All right. You know what? Honestly, given the human condition, it would be yeah. hard not to fall into that. Yeah. It would. Yeah. I'm it the would. greatest. I'm the greatest. It's like, well, we kind of know what that's like a little bit. Like when you work at a radio station for a long time and you're highly rated, right? And you leave, or maybe like the the station goes, you know what? This isn't about you. It's about the radio station. It's about the brand. Right. And they throw you out the door. And then the ratings never really even out ever again. There is a little bit of you that's like, you know what? Good. Good for you. That's what you get for not taking, you know, for, for not appreciating me while you had me. Are you uh, are you pissed off at, at Chicago? Are you pissed off at the Cubs? Are you pissed no, off at? No, no. Honestly, there's a little bit of me that's happy for Cubs fans. Yeah. Like a little bit. I mean, because now again, 
I can do that because it was just, what, four or five months ago where we had this elation. And so, like, our moment has happened. So a little bit of last night when I saw it and I wanted to be mad, like, I, I was like, well... I know what that feels like. Right. Look at those people. They're crying in the street, and I get it. When I saw that the score, when the scoreboard, or I'm sorry, when the marquee outside of Wrigley scrolled and said Cleveland blew a three-one lead, that made me mad. Like that kind of got me. But I was like, we would have done it. We would be trolling people. This is what we would do. This is sports. You're supposed to be able to take this kind huh. of stuff in stride and not lose your goddamn mind and not go, oh my god, Dolan just won't spend money, Dolan. And that's all you people are going to do today. And I just don't understand it. You got fantastic baseball all year. You got competitive baseball all year. Meanwhile, dude, none of us went. And notice, I said us. I threw me in there. None of us went all year. None of us went. And now you you go to the World Series and you get a fantastic Game 7. You couldn't ask for a better game. The only way that game could have been better is if we win. Arguably, yeah. I mean, and, and there really is something to be celebrated there. When you can say the only thing that would have been better is if we won. That's I a mean, great game. You, you really do have to, have to appreciate that. You got amazing baseball. Arguably the best baseball game I can ever remember seeing. It, it was just, there was so much to it. There were so many different things happening in that game. And, when they and, tied up at 6-6, six, six, oh, I was like, dude, oh my god, what is happening right now? You go into extra innings, and I know it was, the game was too long, and I know we're going to talk about this, and, and baseball needs to shorten their, their issue. It does. They have to figure something out. But it, when you have that much story in one game, regardless which way that went, at the end of the day, of course it was going to be better for, for, for the Indians to win. Of sure. course we'd be happier right now. But if you can't appreciate that that's on you that's like, that's like the amount of people i saw on twitter yesterday calling Corey kluber a bum because he didn't get a strikeout in last night's game it's like guys that's three days rest for the third time in this series that guy has been nothing but clutch all year all year sooner or later your arm gives out we saw it with chapman on the other side you sooner or later your arm just runs out. That's just the way it is. That's that's baseball. That's why these guys rest five days all year. Well, that's what happens when two of your top four pitchers go out a, at the end of the season. A, a, as as we as they walk into the playoffs, you lose two of your best pitchers. Uh, it, I just you're right. The arm eventually is going to like. Dude, it's not there. Can't do it anymore. It's just not going to be there. But blasting Corey Kluber that made me mad. Like, are you kidding me? That guy has been dominant. All year long. This team here, here's why I'm excited. This team is scrappy. They they're they're tight knit. You feel like they're a, you know, remember last year with the cap? Do they even like one another? Like you don't feel like that with the Indians at all. You look at that team and you're like, man, I bet those I bet those guys like hang out together when when they're not playing. They probably don't, but it, but it feels like they do. And they're signed, most of them, for long deals. We have this team for a while. That is exciting. We have a team that went to the World Series that it's not like it was like they're going to go. Right? It's not like all year it was like this is the team that's going to the World Series. They weren't the Cubs. They weren't the best team in baseball. They didn't come out to a record-setting start to the season or anything like that. They were underdogs in every series that they played in the playoffs. And yet they made it to Game 7 of the World Series, and most of these guys are signed long-term. And we're going to get good baseball, good competitive baseball for a while. And all I can ask, being a lifelong Ohioan, growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, all I can ask, all I should have the audacity to ask for is competitive teams. Because all I've ever known in my life has been losing. It's all I've ever known. And that culture has changed here a little bit. 
Now, hopefully it'll seep into Berea at some point, because Dustin says, I've seen the Cavs win the title, Indians play for one, and now I just want to see the Browns play a pro football game. That's about right. That's about right. I tell you, all the pressure is still on Berea. It's all still on the Browns now. You got a title out of the Cavs. Indians are on the mend and on the build. It looks like things are going to be good over there. And, you know, the Browns are just, you know, eating paste in the corner by themselves. Just, you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at that organization. That I'll let you have today. But if you're blasting the Indians and you're talking trash about Corey Kluber and you're yelling, dude, you're the real Fairweather fan. Not the guys, not the people who wait to go into the playoffs and get to buy tickets. Those aren't fair. You're a Fairweather fan. If you can make it to the game seven, extra innings, and then you bash the team as if they suck, you are the real Fairweather fan, not the person who didn't buy tickets until the Boston series. You are. A Breaking Bad fan has taken it way too far. We'll give you that story next on Rock 106. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Squares up a thousand bucks. Eight o'clock, your first keyword of the day for Rock 1069's Big Cash Handout. Make you a thousand dollars richer. Eddie. Chris tweets in and says, with the history involved and to come down to that, that was the greatest series ever played. It just hurts because we lost in extra innings in game seven of the World Series, just like in 97, which he says was his biggest sports heartbreak. But I'm still proud of the tribe. I would have to agree. I don't I don't know how you don't look at that. It's okay to be disappointed. There's a but there's a difference between disappointed and like hatred and you know they suck and waste of time. There's 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 a very big difference in those two things. You uh you really would have thought that maybe a little bit of perspective would have been gained over the past couple of years with you know the Cavs losing in the finals and then winning and 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 seeing how hard it is to win a championship Tough. and how how the especially all, in baseball all the planets have to align things have to go right and and and, and you know it's a uh, it's 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 not an easy thing to do. Did you so, see that Draymond Green tweet? Of course. I don't. I mean. Okay, let me have it. There's a couple things. Number one, Draymond Green, your team still lost three to one. Right. The Indians don't play basketball. Right. They're in the same city, but they ain't the same thing, dude. That's that's those are two fundamentally different things. Dude. And then you started this season by being blown out by thirty at home. You don't play for the Chicago Cubs, Draymond Green. Right. You don't. You don't. So like those are those are. There's another. Issue. It's not an equal thing. The Indians and, and, and I mean, if we want to do this now, but the Indians and the Cubs. Are 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 teams that well? I'm sorry. The Indians and the Cavs are teams that were on different ends of the spectrum. The Cavs were going to contend. Everybody knew they were coming out of the East. Everybody knew that. Nobody thought the Indians were going to make it. Nobody right. thought the Indians were going to be in the World Series outside of Stansberry. Um, That's right. But, That's right. But it really was. These are two very different arguments that are being made here. Nobody. If the Indians would have won and 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 they would have they would have walked away, you know, with the title. Nobody was going to say they were better than the '95 '96 Bulls. People were saying the Golden State Warriors are the greatest basketball team ever put together. And that 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 simply cannot be true when you blow a three to one lead in the finals. If the Indians would have won. It's it, nobody's putting them in the record books as the greatest baseball team of all time. The, the Indians didn't have the first unanimous MVP on their side. The Indians weren't favored to win the entire season. Right. I mean, they didn't have the best se- record of all time in baseball. So those are such different things that they're comparing. Is it three to one? Yes. 
Yes, it is. But Draymond Green, you shut up, dude. It's the only similarity. That's that's it. And it's it ha- the only one. And it's happened in baseball, I think, five other times in the World Series where teams have came back from three to one. Is that right? You know, three to one deficits. I didn't know that. So, uh, first time in NBA history, you don't play for the Cubs. The Indians aren't the Cavs. Shut your mouth. Yeah, Draymond kind of annoys me. I hate him, dude. I hate him. And I'm glad we're talking Golden State right he now. He came out the other day and said he wants to annihilate the Cavs. Well, and I think that's in response to LeBron's Halloween party well, and the cookies and all that. And look, that's competitive. You're supposed to want to beat the Cavaliers if you play for the Warriors. Right. As you guys have, have faced each other in the past two finals, of course there's going to be that sense of rivalry. Um, and that's what I want to say is, is with the Cubs, I don't feel angry about this. I don't feel upset about this. I don't feel like I hate the Cubs. I hate Anthony Rizzo. There's no question about that. Really? I That's the cause that dude. Despise okay, why? Because he's up there like dancing all the time and he's doing his little like he does this little like swivel and dude, he's just I dude, I despise Anthony Rizzo. I thought it was um a little weird when they showed like the like the dugout conversation between him and David Ross where he was like, dude, I'm so emotional right now. And I was like, well, all right, I mean, I get it. I would be too, and this and that. But I thought I was like, well, maybe maybe you know, this is a little too early and they'll screw up and this and that. I, okay, I could, Schwarber's the guy that bothers me. Like, the look on that guy's face, like somebody said, tweeted this out last night, it's totally true. It's like, he just looks like a guy who would have pulled into your high school parking lot with a Confederate flag hanging from the bed of the truck. And he does. He, he, he does. He looks like one of those. He looks like one of those guys. Um, but as a whole, I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like I want to strangle the Chicago Cubs. No. Golden State, I despise. The entire team from the top to the bottom, F all those dudes. All of them. And I, I don't know, maybe it's because it was a rivalry that went a couple years there. Maybe it's because, you know, like I said, they were anointed as the best team of all time and, and, and got too high on their own horse right there. But I, 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 I hate him because Steph Curry was the league's first ever unanimous MVP. That's why I hate him. And that's was that was ridiculous. Steph is, I mean, he's a great outside shooter, but that's it. Like, the, 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 I mean, there's not much for a, you dude, for the lead, for the NBA to have a unanimous MVP while LeBron is playing is, I, I think that's offensive, and so that's why I kind of hated the Gold State Warriors. Nobody on the Cubs kicked anybody in the balls, right? You don't have anybody on the Cubs. Played fair. You don't have anybody on the Cubs flopping down the third baseline like Anderson Varejao. You know what I mean? There's just so, true. There's just so many more things about the Warriors that I despise. Where with the Cubs, and you you kind of alluded to this, I was a little happy for their fan base. Where it's like a little bit, yeah, and and. I know Cleveland, you know, ended a drought, and I know the Cubs ended a drought, and and it really is interesting to think like which one was tougher, not having anything within an entire market, within an entire city like Cleveland had for over fifty years, or Chicago had plenty of championships, plenty of plenty of titles on the Bulls, oh, yeah, White say, Sox yeah, Bulls have won, Blackhawks have won. I mean, those teams have all won, you know, in recent times. Yeah, the Blackhawks were good. Yeah, but if you were a Cubs fan exclusively, just a Cubs fan, and I guess it's like, well, why would you be just strictly a Cubs fan and not a Bulls fan, not a a Bears fan? No, but you could live in a city and baseball could be your big sport. Right. To me, it's just like, well, which one was tougher there? Which one was a harder drought to endure? Five decades plus of no title at all in in a city or 10 decades plus of no title for for a... Ours. Because at least for a while, you had... What is still widely considered to be the greatest basketball player of all time. 
Like, dude, Michael, st- dude, Michael hasn't played in forever, and he's still considered to be the goat, the greatest. Well, as as he kind of was, you know. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, hard, hard, hard to argue with. Right. It. I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm just saying. So, I mean, if you can have that, and then you can have those great Blackhawks teams, like you've tasted this, where it's okay. That would be like being in a desert, but you have a two liter of water. We were in a desert, and the canteen had sand in it. You know what I mean? Like, so, yes, I know that they wanted the Cubs to win, and it was 100 years or whatever the hell that is and all that. But when you're winning championships in all the other major sports, I mean, I mean, yeah. football it had been since, like, 85. But still, like, you've won a championship in every other major sport. You're right. Exactly. You won a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. I mean, we haven't, the Browns haven't won a Super Bowl. Haven't like, gone. Right. Gone. Fundamental difference there. Exactly. So I, but so I think it's very, very different. You, uh, I will say... As much as I didn't want it to be a good photo, that photo of Bill Murray crying at the end of that game was a little like, all right, good for Bill Murray. I kind of wish I would have said this at the beginning of the series instead of right now, because I don't want it to sound like sour grapes. But, dude, I'm over this love obsession with Bill Murray. While everyone's like, oh, dude, Bill Murray, he's the greatest. Oh, we got to put him in everything. He's so funny. He's so great. Let's make a meme out of him. And this isn't like me being like pissed off at Chicago or Cubs fans. I'm just saying very much like Betty White to me, where it's like, dude, okay, we get it. Yeah, the Betty White thing got to to be really annoying. But I, I guess I grew up loving Bill Murray. And I'll always love him. And I think there is something about him that he's just he he doesn't seem to be a superstar. Like he's a very approachable celebrity. He he'll, he'll hang out with you. And I think there's something very likable about that. This isn't me trying to discredit Ghostbusters or Caddyshack or any of his great. You know, dude, you could just don't discredit the new Ghostbusters, dude. I don't want that. It's it's not a, it's not a gripe against Bill Murray. It's a gripe against the obsession, the fandom, the of fandom, him. and the oh, he's the best person on the planet. Oh, shut up, <laughs> shut up. All right, I, I mean, I like Bill. I think he's kind of funny, but I guess yeah, I can understand that because when that Betty White thing was like all the rage, I was like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't get why everybody. Everybody is all says, "Oh my gosh, she's an old lady," and she said, "Penis." Isn't it the funniest thing in the whole? <laughs> right, right, all right. I want to. We, we are obviously going to get into the Indians a little bit more throughout yeah. the program. Obviously, at seven o'clock, I want to talk about this ticket thing. I want to talk about how uh, there was a bunch of Cubs fans in the building last night. People were losing their mind about that. We'll address that at seven o'clock. But a Breaking Bad fan has taken it too far. I need you to hear this story. You'll get it next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. We may have lost the World Series last night, but we won the fight in the streets. That can be seen at WRQK.com. I've also now just tweeted it out at Sandsbury Shows, how you follow me on Twitter. And I've just tweeted that video out. Oof. One Indians fan not taking losing all that well. One hell of a haymaker, dude. Yeah. I mean, one punch and you down, son. Yeah. yeah. Coming up at 9 o'clock this morning, we will introduce you to the ecosexuals. We have heteros. We have bi's. We have homosexuals. And now we have ecosexuals. That's good. That's what we need more of. More more groups of people. Yeah, yeah. more sexualities to break things up into. Yeah, let's separate let's uh, let's separate each other some more. Yeah, now that we've got all of the other issues figured out, yeah. let's introduce some ecosexuals into it. Ecosexuals, nine o'clock. We'll get into that. Awesome. I read that story last night and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm reading this. 
I hinted at this the other day that I, I, I was worrying that the older I get, I may have to come off of the argument that entertainment, video games, movies, TV shows, this kind of stuff doesn't affect you and you can watch this stuff and it doesn't mean you're going to rob liquor stores or kill people or do all this stuff. But I think sometimes that I make those kind of arguments knowing that I can handle this stuff without doing all that doesn't mean that everybody can and that you might have to make some room that some of this stuff, if digested by the wrong person, can lead to them doing some stuff and and acting on some things that they've seen in, you know, fake spaces. Like a TV show is a fake space. A movie's, you know, fake space. And, you know, I've always said, oh, you know, your kids playing video games is not going to matter. It's not going to matter. They're going to be fine. But that's because I want the game to be legal. Because I want to be able to own it because I feel as if I can own it without any of these problems. But it doesn't mean that other people aren't going to fall victim to it. And I think I might have a story here that proves that to be true. This coming out of London, where a Breaking Bad fan has taken this way too far. People love that show on AMC. I hear it's even coming back now. Like a new season? I Yeah, I think they're working on like another chapter of Breaking Bad. I don't okay. know if it's a prequel or if it's a continuation or... But they're working on a yet again another chapter of it. Maybe it is a prequel. Maybe Brian Cranston's just having a great life with his wife and everything's okay. And you know what I mean? Maybe it's maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> but one breaking bad fan in London took this too far. He was having sex with a cop in his apartment. Okay. And it does not go into how the cop happened to lose his life. But he died. Okay. And the Breaking Bad fan is actually a meth addict. He uses methamphetamine. And was unsure on how to dispose of the police officer's body. So he tried to dispose of it in the bathtub with acid. Because I think it was like every season on the Breaking Bad, at least one person was put in like a vat of acid to get rid of the body. It was like one of the ways they killed people on that show a lot. And this guy was like, I had no idea. He's like, so I just, you know, I did that. And he says here, I can't not say that that's where I got it. So leaving the door open, that Breaking Bad had taught him how to dispose of a dead body. He claims now, well, I didn't murder the guy. I just, I'm only guilty of obstructing your investigation. And again, it doesn't go into how the cop lost his life here, but he says it was a sex game gone wrong. So my guess is, and I'm purely guessing here. You've seen some, like, choking go wrong here. Maybe some light hitting go wrong. You know what I mean? I don't think missionary gets you dead bodies. You know what I mean? I think you have to add a level of kink to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'd have to be packing something pretty impressive to start murdering people with it. (laughs) Snuff the life out of you. Right. Um, Don't get me wrong. If Breaking Bad was the inspiration... Uh, but it's not like this was like a, a new, like putting a body in acid is like a new thing. Not of the like, first show to do that. Not the first show, not the mm. first like example. You know, I mean, I think if you paid attention to history, you could probably find examples of that. So what, should we stop talking about that? You know what I mean? Right. And where did this guy get enough, what is it, like hydrochloric acid to, 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 to just dispose of a body? I don't even know if that's like... I don't want to say possible, but like, how do you do this? I don't know, dude. Like the home stores hat. Like, can you go to like Home Depot and get that? And go get like what? Like gallons of it and like vats of it. Like, no, nah, I'm just going. To, I'm not going to put a body in here. I well, promise. All right, now this would have to be premeditated at this point. But I mean, if they sell it in small 
form. Like, let's say you can't buy a gallon of it, but you can get like a pint of it. Okay. How many? How many Home Depots are there? How many Lowe's are there? I mean, you know what I mean. So if you just go around the neighborhood, or if you go around the city and buy enough of it, I mean, I don't know. I also don't know how much of this stuff it would take to like dissolve a human body. Right. And it, neither should a meth head. And I mean, like, although is the show that realistic? Like, do they get that far in? Is it? Is it? I don't know. I just don't feel like. You know, obviously, if, 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 you know, and we're talking like adults here, not liberals and, and conservatives, we're talking like adults. Oh, no. But, like, if, if, if we're going to make that argument of, like, well, it was inspired by this, I mean, isn't it really easy to make that argument with guns? Like, well, dude, if one crazy person has it, dude, it's obviously too much. I just feel like... It, yeah, it, I'm not looking to take Breaking Bad off the air. This person was going to be crazy no matter what. Right. This person was going to make this decision. The methamphetamine did this, not the television. Right, and he was going to try to hide this body, whether it was shoving it in the oven or throwing it in a dumpster or putting it in chlor- you know, hydrochloric acid or, or whatever it was. This guy was going to make that decision. When the cops came into his apartment to look in there, they noticed like a green, like filmy liquid. Yeah. In the bottom of the bathtub, and they actually said that they could see like flesh like globs. Ugh. So they could tell they were like, they knew. Disgusting. Because again, cops kind of know. Cops have seen everything. You're not going to show a cop something he hasn't seen, he or she hasn't seen before. It's like gobs of body at the bottom. <laughs> Dude, the smell of that. Because the acid's not going to smell great to begin with. And so you throw on top of that like a, like a, like a body that's dissolving. Like that can't be a good smell. Ugh. And I mean, if if we're making this argument about his violent decision or his cover-up decision there, then we certainly have to say, well, if, if that's the case, then Breaking Bad also led to his meth use, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna link one dot, you gotta link two. Right. Yeah. I don't like that's a slippery slope. And I once heard, and again, why a lot of people say, well, you know, you know, kids are watching this at an early age, and it's like, well, okay, well, you're kind of supposed to be responsible for that a little bit. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I heard the argument against censorship once that made all the sense in the world to me, which is, yeah, these video games may be bad, and some of these movies and TV shows may be bad for your kids. And I heard this once, and, and I've just I've loved it ever since I heard it. But censorship is like saying, I'm not allowed to eat a steak because your baby can't chew it. And see, if you're logical, you just heard that and went, oh my God, that makes all the sense in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, baby's going to choke on steak. But I can chew it just fine. And then, so that's why you can't have censorship there. It makes sense to me. But that's disturbing. That people just think, yeah, well, you know what? I don't know how to get rid of this body. Just, what do you mean? Just like if something happened, you're, oh, dude, cover ups always worse than the crime. So, unless you like took a, a hatchet and like chopped the guy's head off, like if it was an accidental thing, just call the cops. Are you probably going to do some time inside? Maybe. You're all meth out and you were just banging another cop. And, nah, dude, it'd be tough, dude. Yeah, That's I'm, tough, a, I'm tough, applying a lot of logic to crackheads. Tough, tough, tough order there. Hey, yeah. just call the cops. It's going to be fine. Yeah, all those drugs, you're going to lose them. <laughs> it was Indians fan versus Indians fan before that game even started last night. And I think some of you need to be sat down and taught a very serious lesson. And I'm just the guy to do it. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. Scansbury Show on Rock 1069.
Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. If you have not seen that Cubs fan get knocked out by the Indians fan yet, you can see it there. Also, I just tweeted it out at Stansbury Show. how you find that. Dude, I, listen, you know, you watch MMA all the time. Yeah. I, uh, I've certainly seen my fair share of knockout videos and, and octagon fights and things like that. It's pretty quick, though. Dude, this is a haymaker. Like, this guy's not even that big, but man, just levels. Just goes to show you, you never know. You never know who's standing behind that punch. You know, some dude's on me on Twitter. You stole that video. I stole the video everybody in the world's watching this morning. And- Steal the video. It's not like we uploaded it to our own page and said, hey, this is us. It's embedded onto our website, right. crediting the person who, who's there. That's, that's not how video stealing goes. I think it's because he saw it on another radio station's website and oh. he thinks that we fished it. Oh, holy crap. Radio station sharing the same things. What are you talking about? You guys all talking about the Indians this morning, huh? Boy, it's strange. Uh, speaking of that video, uh, one of your former interns and now oh, a no. producer on the Elvis Duran show. Yeah, Josh Kalat. Josh, he, you can see him in that video. Is that right? That's what he says on his Twitter. He says, I'm walking by. Look, you can see my head right there, dude. Oh. Coaster boy Josh, yeah, from the Elvis Duran show. Yeah, uh, Josh, we don't have these here, but he was my phone screener. And actually, dude, I had to let him do this is the radio business right here. I had to let him like live in my house for a little while. His parents like threw him out and told him he was wasting his life by getting by getting into the radio business. Well, here's the thing. He was going to John Carroll. He was getting really good grades. And he kind of was like, I don't want to go to John Carroll anymore. I want to go into the radio business. And his parents like thought he was nuts. And I yeah, yeah. And I kept telling him, I was like, dude, you are extremely talented. Whatever you do, just stay the course. You're going to be fine. Things are going to be great. You're extremely talented. Sooner or later, somebody's going to come take you. And sure enough, one of the biggest radio shows in the country, Elvis Duran ended up coming, you know, and taking him. He, dude, he texts me all the time. All, dude, he's traveled the world with Elvis Duran show. And he, he'll text me all the time. He's like, dude, thank you so much for not letting me give up on this. Obviously, that life has given him a ton of stuff. I know he's a stuff. huge WWE fan. I see him oh, at all these like, dude, exclusive he, he, events. He, he went and, to like, the last four WrestleManias. Yeah. Um, but with all that being said, in hindsight, of course, being 2020. Easier, sure. If my kid comes to me and says, Dad, I've got a 4.0 at John Carroll. Yeah. I'm dropping out and going to the Ohio Center for broadcasting. Yeah. I'm, no, you're not. You're getting strangled first, idiot. Get over here. Yeah, no, his parents were. Not thrilled. Now, obviously, they see the error of those ways. But yeah, no, Josh is a good dude. Great guy. I love that kid. I I mean, dude, one of the most talented people I ever worked with. He is so, so good at what he does. I'm happy to see he's doing well. So, Game 7, World Series last night, we came up a little bit short. And I've kind of been on people this morning. I kind of want you to be able to keep your head up. I, I, like, look, it's okay to be disappointed. Don't get me wrong. It's not yeah. like you got to go and do somersaults over the fact that we lost. I understand being disappointed. When we start trashing Kluber and you start trashing, like, Francona or the owners and this and that, I just don't think it's warranted in this particular situation. I just don't. I don't understand how anybody can make that argument. Yes, there were shortcomings in the game yesterday. And, dude, you can point at Terry Francona right now and say, well, on one hand, he was the best manager in baseball, best manager in the postseason. But, dude, there were questionable decisions in games five, six, way, right. five, six, and seven. There's no doubt there were. But it, you got to keep things in perspective. You have to look at the bigger picture here and kind of see, like, dude, this was a victory of a season. I, uh, I just read a quote from, like, one of the biggest baseball guys in the media, Buster Olney. Who yeah, says, essentially the baseball guy. The baseball guy. Who said, it's without a doubt the most memorable and best game I've ever been to. That guy, if he calls Major League Baseball and says, hey, I want to go to that game, they're giving him tickets. 
it, he's going. It's his job. Right. He's you got walk-in I mean? access to every big game in that game's history wow. for the last, like, I don't remember a time without Buster Olney. Yeah, I mean, so, he's, he's been ESPN's guy forever. He's been doing wow. more than enough baseball games. Thinks it's the most memorable and best game he's ever been to. You participated in that. We were part of that. And, don't get me wrong, it sucks to be this member of, of history. But the Cubs broke history last night, and we're now in, we're now tied to that. There's something to that. I know that's not enough of a consolation prize for you this morning, and it isn't for me. And I would have rather the Indians win, but I want to shift gears here to pregame. And actually, when the game first started, saw a lot of tweets, a lot of Facebook posts, a lot of this kind of stuff about, man, there's a lot of Cubs fans in here. This might as well be Wrigley. And I saw a lot of people screaming at Indians fans for selling their tickets. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. I think people, Fantone, hear the phrase of season ticket holder and you automatically think to yourself, millionaire. Well, that's not the case. Not at all. You know how many dudes from Strongsville who own, like, who maybe own a landscaping company probably clear sixty grand at the end of the year, buy season tickets? A lot. Yeah, not even close to accurate, dude. I mean, not even close to think that you have to be some sort of like uh, financially well-off person. There's plenty of people who buy season tickets instead of going on vacation. There's plenty of people who buy season tickets, and that's their big entertainment of the year. Hey, we're going to cut cable, but we're going to buy season tickets this year. I mean, right. there's, there's plenty of people who do, do stuff like that. Or, hey, I'm going to take my Christmas bonus money, and we're going to buy season tickets. I, 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 yeah, that's that's totally crazy. It's crazy. And so I said to people yesterday, I don't think people who wouldn't spend $35 a ticket to go all summer can judge somebody for making 40 grand in a day. And dude, that's $35 tickets. That's kind of on the high end of Cleveland Indians tickets. Is it really? I was just guessing. I mean, of course, you can go buy your $35 seats, but there's so many seats in that place for for, 17. Well, yeah, for like 15 15 to 20 bucks right there. And if you bought season tickets there, it'd be really cheap. I mean, you'd be paying 10 bucks a ticket at that point once you get that discount from buying so many tickets. Like, it's not, it's not, you're right. It it doesn't take a millionaire to do this. I said, so so I I was kind of fighting with people back and forth on Twitter yesterday. And I said, you know, I, I just I won't judge somebody for making a year salary in a day. I'm not going to judge you for that. And somebody had this to say back to me in response. Well, if you have financial problems, you shouldn't have bought the tickets in the first place. Well, by that theory, dude, nobody should ever go out to dinner. And I wanted to go to this guy's house and be like, OK, dude, show me your tax returns. If you spend five dollars that you shouldn't spend, then, then I'm calling you out for it. What kind of mentality is that? If that were the case, well, if you if you got financial problems, you shouldn't buy tickets anyway. The stadium would always be empty then. Yeah. Everybody's got financial problems. Yeah. No matter how much you're making, somewhere that is, along the line. That is yeah. the most short-sighted argument I've ever heard in my entire life. That makes you an idiot. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're having financial problems and you're out there like spending money on Indians tickets on a regular basis, of course, that's not wise financial decision. At the same time, to tell somebody like, hey, you don't deserve entertainment because you're not making enough money at the end of the year? Eh, I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if that's fair. Isn't that the same thing as saying you don't get steak, you're on welfare? Yeah, essentially, but a lot of people make that argument. Yeah, a lot of people do make it. A lot of people make that argument. I, I just, I don't get being, look, was it a little annoying to hear how much cheering was going on for the Cubs in the stadium last night? Yeah. But what I will tell you is, in most, like, take the take the NFL. They play that at a neutral site. Like, that's not, you don't get home field. They played at a neutral site for that. So you kind of get that with that sport. You kind of get it. 
And I feel like it was still pretty loud in there. And I don't think you can judge people. And I don't think people who refuse to go to games all year can judge people who did have season tickets who were selling the tickets. I don't think it makes you a bad fan. I think it makes you an op- I think it makes you an opportunistic person and cash rules everything around you. Um the thing with me is is that if you would have sold your tickets for the exact same price to an Indians fan Nobody would have complained then, right? Right. So how are you supposed to do that? You know what I mean? Like, how are you supposed to? Indians fans only. That's what you're going to put on StubHub? Like, come on. You have to be realistic here. And and obviously, Chicago fans were going to make this trip. There's no no question. Six hours in the car, hour by plane. 108 years of not winning. Right. You live in Chicago. You're already used to spending thousands and thousands of dollars just to go anywhere and do anything. You're already used to spending way too much money. And when... I went to the Indian. I went to an Indians game this year. I think it was June or July. I went to the Indians versus the Blue Jays, dude, and it was almost sold out. But it was at least fifty percent Blue Jays fans, and that was with the fifteen dollars tickets, and you get a free beer. You sure. know what I mean? And that, it was it was cheap tickets. Why wasn't anybody outraged then? Should the Indians box office should have been like, nope, nope, we got too many Blue Jays fans in here today. Sorry, guys, we're going to send you away. Blue Jays fans coming up. Nope, sorry, we've got we've reached our quota. No, of course not, because you're in the business of making money. Well, these are the same people that want to talk out of both sides of their mouth too. Because if Game Seven would have been in Wrigley and you went there and tried to buy tickets and nobody would have <laughs> sold you a ticket, you'd be on Twitter and on Facebook talking about how classless the Cubs fans are because they all got together in a concerted effort not to sell you tickets, right? Isn't that what you'd be saying? You'd be calling them trash Chicago fans because they wouldn't sell you tickets. So which way do you want it? Ultimate hypocrite, which way would you like it? I will wait for your answer, but you don't don't get both. You don't get both sides of it. You got to pick one of these. I think it's totally, I don't know how I'm supposed to look at a dude from Strongsville, you know, bending over backwards to make ends meet, who says to me, well, dude, I can send my kid to college by, set, by, by selling these tickets right now. Then send your, by, by all means, that kid going to college is definitely more important than blocking Eddie Vetter from coming into the baseball game. Right? Isn't that the bigger thing in life that his kid gets to get, have an education? You know, I definitely, I, when you break it down to individuals, I don't think you can gripe too much. Maybe a little bit of like, as a whole, Indians fans, we should have showed up a little bit better, but that's not the argument people are making. That's not the it's argument not. people are making, and there would be some merit to that. But that's not what people are saying. Really what it is, and this is why I hate it, is that you know what you really are annoyed by? That you didn't have a ticket that you could sell for $40,000. Yeah. That's what you're annoyed about. You're not, you don't care about whether or not the Cubs fans were in the building last night. You're pissed because you didn't have a get rich quick scheme. I think the, uh, the average ticket I saw last night, um, and just the one sold on StubHub, uh, was 1800 And I mean, dude, that's a significant amount of money. Like, that's almost $2,000. And, and, and for, you know, as much as we say, like, oh, dude, you know, it's the economy and everyone's broke. And I, I can't turn $2,000 down for a ticket that I bought for 50 For most people, $2,000 is going to be a mortgage payment and a car payment for a month. I mean, let's be real, dude. We're giving away $1,000 and we're making a big deal about it. Like, dude, you're going to be able to pay for Christmas. Everything's going to be fine. We're a radio station. Here's a thousand bucks. If you can make $1,800 for, for, for a ticket, I, I, I'm i not going to be able to turn that money down, I, at least from where I sit. Would I have rather had Progressive Field filled with only Indians fans? Of course I would. Yes. Does it sound a little strange on TV when you hear? Ch- I, I talked about this with the Browns game on Sunday. We were driving down for a touchdown, and you could hear chants of defense in Brown Stadium, and that sounds weird. But I think what you got to understand is is that this is no longer the sports of when you grew up. 
We live in a different world. We live in the digital world. We can sell things. We can resell things. There's 75 apps that are dedicated to this kind of stuff. You are going to see a fundamental shift in attendance at sporting events. Doesn't make them greedy. It doesn't make the people who sold their tickets like less of fans. I mean, it just you have to do what you have to do in life. I'm, I'm not going to get mad at you. Yeah, I uh, you know I, I I don't I don't understand it. I think really what it comes down to is that you're pissed that you didn't have a ticket and that somebody wouldn't give it to you for twenty five dollars, and you're mad that somebody else was making money. You know what they call that? Haterism is what that's called. You are a hater. There's no other word for it. We now know, science tells us, the age in which human beings should stop wearing jeans. We'll give you that age next on The Stansberry Show. Stansberry Show on Ride. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. You're about a half hour away from getting hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Big Cash Handout. We'll give you a keyword, you text it in, you win $1,000. Dedicated listener of the program, friend of the program, Dan Barker, uh, celebrating a birthday this morning. Happy birthday, my man. We appreciate uh, you being on board. Yeah, from day one. Appreciate you making things happen for us, too, Dan. You're a good guy. You may remember during the Cavs season, I had like this idiot hater out of Florida that was trying to tell me LeBron James was no good. On Twitter, and like we were going, like, but we were going back and forth on that. So, like, he just showed up. I haven't heard from, I haven't heard a peep out of him in months. And he just showed up on Twitter. He's like, let's go, Cubs. Blowing a 3-1 lead. Poor Cleveland canceled the parade. Well, at least we had one this year, Tampa boy. Your Rays blow. The Bucks drafted Jimmy Swinson, and you're stuck in the mud with him. So way to go. And keeping in perspective that I will take, haha, you blew a 3-1 lead too, when that means you won a championship. So like those, right. those jokes are a lot better than the jokes of, haha, your team has never won. That, that's that's the joke I was pissed about. I'll take the ha ha three one lead ha ha. Meanwhile, dude, you live in Florida, like the state that everybody else in the country makes fun of. It's just so see, but that's what Twitter is. This is why I get so mad about Twitter. It's because this is what it is. It's only a place for people to go and talk trash. It's never about real discourse. It's never about exchanging ideas or making anything better. It's there for you to piss on something because your life is empty and you probably were born with a small penis and you're trying to make up for it in an under 140 characters, you douche. Besides, aren't there radio stations in Tampa to listen to? I know there are. My company owns them. Check out 98 Rock. Go do that. Why you got to harass me? Harass the big rig down there. He works for us. Go yell at him. All right, anyway. Science is trying to tell me I should stop wearing jeans, and they're trying to tell me I should stop doing it soon. And okay, I don't get okay, it. Right. I didn't understand this. I, when I read this last night, I was like, there's no age in which you stop wearing jeans. Um, Keith Richards out there wearing jeans. The dude's like 114 years old. Well, I mean, an exceptional case, Keith Richards, right there. I think there's a certain point in age and, and you reach in your life, you should probably stop doing a massive amount of drugs, but he decided to you know, blow right past that. So, well, I mean, well, he's doing the Lord's work. Exceptional case, I would call him. But I don't think jeans are something you should have to get rid of out of your wardrobe, but they're saying that you should. And that uh, that that we all reach an age where we shouldn't do I don't know what else you're supposed to wear, but at that point they're saying 53 years old is the age in which jeans should just go by forever. See ya. 
Obviously, depending on your style, this is going to you know vary from person to person. I mean, if you're 60, should you have like studded crosses on the ass pockets of your jeans? No, but honestly, if you're 30, you shouldn't have that. Right. You probably also shouldn't be wearing like super baggy jeans or even like super tight jeans at a certain age. But I think this is kind of like uh, older women with long hair, where there comes to be a point in what's wrong with long hair on older women? It's almost dude. That's why so many chicks, uh, old chicks, like have short haircuts, is because you, you just certain age and it starts to look like you're I don't know like a witch I guess or like it looks it just doesn't look the same as it did as younger I didn't know that think about how many old chicks you know that have that like short haircut it's like I mean uh, tons of tons of them and and there comes that's why I don't know any older women there comes to be a point in life where it's like like your style kind of has to match your age you know what I mean of course if you're in the fountain of youth if you work in radio if you're in a rock band or something like that you're going to be an exceptional case but there comes to be a point where it's like well maybe even a pair of slants would be okay on you, Grandpa. I don't. I don't think that there's ever an age where jeans can't be a thing, right? I mean, should you have? I'm with you on the. I don't want my grandfather in like diesel jeans. Like I'm with you on that. Like, I, I, but I mean, he can't go get a nice pair of like Kmart's, like the jeans you got to iron. Like he can't. He can't. My grandpa can't wear those. I think maybe there's a little bit of. Um, you know, as as you get to a certain age, you you want to look like you're. I don't want to say like wiser than everybody and like more sophisticated than everybody, but like maybe well, je- having your hands down your pants and spitting your lunch out of the side of your mouth because you had a stroke isn't going to do that either. Jeans isn't necessarily the most dignified of clothing, and especially as old people nowadays want to blame everyone. I guess forever, you know, want to blame all these stinking kids and all. I'm I'm better than everyone. Our generation was the best, and it's like, well, then go put on a pair of slacks, Grandpa. I uh, <laughs> I don't have a problem with jeans. I don't have. A, I've never seen like an old person in jeans and thought to myself, "You shouldn't wear that." Like that thought has never crossed my mind. Like I've seen women wear clothes in public. I'm like, of course. whoa, bitch, what are you doing? Like I've seen that. I've seen me take shirts out of my closet, put them on, and they don't totally, you know, they don't totally cover the surface, and I'm like. Whoa, what are, bitch, what are you doing? Like, I've seen, but I've never, like, seen, like, my dad wore jeans until he died. I never thought of to myself, like, geez, dude, you're old. Get those off. I just Googled old people wearing jeans, and I'm looking at the images of it. And to me, it seems like the old people that look right in jeans are the old people that are still trying to remain sexually attractive. And, like, listen, you can be older and still be sexually attractive. Yes. I'm not necessarily going to want to have sex with a 70-year-old. We've already discussed this at length on, on, on our program. But it, There's there's a handful. But, There's a handful that get it. But to me, it's like, all right, this old grandma right here, this grandma still trying to look attractive. I don't know if it's because she's out there in the world or yeah, what but she's see, that doing. Doesn't, nothing looks wrong with those. Right. But if you take like this dude, that old dude doesn't okay, need to be well, wearing jeans. Okay. Now, I would make the argument that this is obviously terrible radio because we're looking hey, at Hey, we're looking at something. <laughs> we're looking at things that you can't see. But those, I think that that's more about the pair of jeans he has versus the fact that old people can't wear denim. Like that old guy right there. That's, that's not an old guy. That's the guy from like that gear show. Like on that guy can't. That's Jeremy, whatever his name is. And that old guy right there. It doesn't look right to me. I can understand. And like I said, if you're in a really? biker gang, dude, and you're 60 years old, Jesus. and of course you're still going to be wearing jeans. Or if you're Keith Richards, of course you're still going to be wearing jeans. But once you get to a certain point, it's probably the retirement home. Once once you're you know you're you're moping around Ooh. eating cottage cheese, like you probably need to just put on a pair of slacks. I didn't know this was a thing. Now, we could get everybody off of jean shorts. 
I'll give you that. Like, if you have jorts, it's time to let those go. Bro, what else is John Cena going to wear? Dude, no, no. You don't have to get rid of your jorts, dude. That's the official, that is the official uniform of the 15-time well, World Heavyweight Champion. Maybe it's, no. t- maybe it's time Make-A-Wish pays him back and gives him <laughs> some decent clothes that he can wear out in public. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what can happen. I think John Cena's had it wrong for 20 years. It's not that we can't see you, dude. You're wearing shorts and we don't want to see you. All right. Every schoolboy's dream has come true for some students, and we'll fill you in next on the Sansbury Show. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for High Voltage Indoor Karting. High Voltage is high-performance indoor electric go-karting. They're in Medina, minutes off the square, located in the old foundry building. The carts they have are the best in the business, and they're super fast. They hit speeds of 50 miles per hour. Most people who have raced did not expect to be going that fast. Every race is eight minutes of pure fun. Here's a few tips. Right now at High Voltage Indoor Karting, you have to be 13 years or older to ride, and you should like them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter to get news, updates, and some special offers. Speaking of that, call High Voltage Indoor Karting right now at 330. 330- 333-9000. Talk to them about the Sansbury Show special. It's three races for the price of two, plus free registration. We're saving you 17 bucks out at High Voltage Indoor Karting. You can check them out online at highvoltagekarting.com or like I said, by calling 330-333-9000. Keep High Voltage Indoor Karting in mind for your corporate events, your birthday parties, bachelor parties, anything you're celebrating. This place is awesome for it. Check out High Voltage Karting online at highvoltagekarting.com or by calling 330-333-9000. High Voltage Indoor Karting. It's lightning fast fun and entertainment. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have a video of just about the worst parents you'll ever see up at WRQK.com. You won't believe what these two idiots gave their kid to try to get them to go to sleep. Terrible. Also at 8 o'clock, you'll be $1,000 richer with Rock 106.9's Big Cash Handout. We'll give you the first keyword of the day at 8 a.m. We'll do it again for you at 9 and then introduce you to the ecosexuals. We're going to have to make a bathroom for them, aren't we? Oh, yeah, no, I never thought of it. They're going to need their own bathroom. They're probably at dual target. We'll get on it. Good. And everybody can boycott target for being nice to the ecosexuals there. It's pretty broad. De- you know what? We'll just wait. 9 o'clock. It's, uh, we'll get into it. So in Russia now, every schoolboy's dream has kind of happened. Okay. Where a 27-year-old teacher has been outed because she has a part-time job outside of being an instructor at a school where she performs as a porn star. Svetlana Topol was just a quiet, simple school teacher, Fantone. She worked at one of Russia's most prestigious schools. But obviously, young boys in the school recognized her. And her secret got out. She was known to be married, was never seen wearing too much makeup, or was never dressed provocatively or anything like that. She never brought like the outside life into like the school. She, she, you know, she wasn't one of those. But she had a secret life that people wouldn't have guessed. But obviously, the students recognized her. And this teacher, Svetlana, specialized in schoolgirl-slash-student films, which is a little strange. But 
You know what? Put a pin in that. Okay. But she was outed in an anonymous email that went out to every student and faculty member of her school as the triple X star known as Ariel, Maude, and Christy. I mean, every one of those girls has got like a thousand names they use when they're making porn. I don't even know why that is. But, uh, you know, the kids recognize her, pass this around, and there's obviously, you know, action being taken by the school here. Now, I understand that when I say to you, she specialized in student, in schoolgirl and student films. But I could say, and you could make the argument, that any porn star worth her weight is specializing in that. That's like one of the hottest, that's like one of the biggest categories in pornography. Um, obviously, you know, I haven't researched this girl or anything like that. Um, has performed in a school-oriented, you know, a porn, sure. Specializes in, that's different to me. Okay. If she's making that like, hey, this is the thing I do. Well, do they, I guess I'd have to know more about the porn world. I've never heard of this woman. Okay, and I don't know how shocker. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't know how Russian porn works. Like, I don't know. Like, do they have their own? Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know how big of these uh, these girls get and how much power. Like, I understand. Like, Jaden James and those kind of girls. Like, they've reached the height where they got power, right? And they can tell the director, "No, I'm not doing that," or "I'll only do this or this." I'm not sure in Russia those girls get that kind of power. I don't know that. Um, and obviously, you know, even in America, it's probably not the case. It's probably just not how until be- you reach real star. Porn star is one of those terms that's thrown around way too loosely. Until you hit real stardom, I don't think you really can like set the tone of what it is your career is doing. No, you really. I'm sure you can. You not can even say, in this career. You can say no, I don't want to do that. Sure. But then you're done. You know what I mean? You're so, probably not going to get called by that producer again. Um, I'm not a. Uh, I, I don't. I don't get down with foreign porn necessarily. I feel like I'm pretty much a xenophobe when it comes to my masturbation. I habits. worry about foreign porn because I feel like America's strict on that 18 thing, and other countries are going to be a little loose on it. Same way I am with amateur porn. Who's checking IDs? I don't know who's checking IDs over in Russia. Um, the fact that she specializes in she's in, 27 that should be noted in 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 like student related porn it makes it different for me at the end of the day i'm going to be against this i'm i'm going to say you can't be a porn star and a teacher too it's it's those there's a conflict of interest in that but that makes it a little bit i feel like is there a conflict of interest in it i understand why parents are upset about it i do i get it and like i understand why in this country people would be like dude you can't do it. i totally i do understand it but is it a conflict of interest? Yeah, because mm. because by putting that by putting uh, sexually explicit material out into the general public, when you put stuff on the internet, it's going out into the general public. It's not like this woman took pictures for her boyfriend and got those hacked, and the phone got hacked, or made a sex tape. Because then you're allowed to kind of you're allowed to have a sex life outside of, of being a teacher for sure. Of course you are, but once you start doing it in a public fashion. You're you're going to end up with a student that finds it. You're going to end up with a parent that finds it. You're going to end up with somebody who who is going to treat you differently or be treated differently because of this conflict of interest. There, there's morality when it comes to being a teacher. Honestly, there's morality. They say when it comes to this, we just had to do like our decency training, and I'm willing to bet that if this company found out that we were performing as adult entertainers, yeah, on the outside of this, they're going to say, you know what? That reflects negatively on our shareholders, and our clients are going to have an issue with this. We're going to move forward. 
at that point, I would just lean back in my chair and go, dude, I got a 14-inch penis. You think I care about this gig? Look at this dog. <laughs> but I don't, so I wake up every day at 4 o'clock in the morning and drag my ass in here to talk to you about Russian porn stars. Now, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say, oh, that this woman is going to victimize children Touch your kids or anything or, like right. that. It, it doesn't make her guilty of that, but there comes to be a point when like, you have to make a decision which one is your priority, which one is more important to you. What was the? I can't remember what school I don't know, dude. If you want attendance up at parent-teacher conferences, though, this might be the way to do it. I can't remember what school it was, but it was recently, and it was a band director, and she was doing porn, and her name was like Melody XXX or something like that. And I can't remember. It was a school around here. I think we covered really? it. I think we covered it in the time that we were here together. I don't remember that. Melody XXX. Somebody on Twitter will be like, oh, yeah, idiot. I remember that, of course. Send like, it in. It was, I want to see it. Yeah, you do, because I remember you thought she was hot, and you were like, dude, we should try to make this happen. It was one of these schools around here, and you can't do it. You just can't. Was it Copley? I can't remember where it was. I don't remember that at all. I will. Uh, I'll do some internet research. I'll put. The, I'll put the hours in for you, Stansberry. <laughs> don't worry. I would be careful on that one. I would be careful. That's a that that is a company issued machine. That's a company issued IP address over there. I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. What do you got? Did you already find it? Melody Triple X, is it, huh? It's, it's, it, I, I think so. I think so. I'll look for it in the commercial break. Oh, teacher age sex videos. Uh, teachers banging students. Jesus. Dude, there's, a lot, there's, dude, there's a lot of teacher sex porn XXX on the internet. Let me tell you that much. Yeah, I feel like that was a little broad term while searching for porn stars. I don't think the Triple X is enough to, like, streamline it down to the copley ho that you're after. I don't remember that story, but it's totally possible we did do that. I don't remember that one. What was this chick's name? Svetlana Topol, but in the, the uh, in the triple X role, she's known as Ariel Maud Christie. She's a redhead, very thin, small-breasted. It's very tough to be a ten if you don't have big breasts. It's just true. Very tough to be a ten. Got to be wealthy if you want to be great. I can just hear him saying it. I can just hear him saying it. We want you to have some money, so we're going to give you $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online, WRQK.com. Just made somebody $1,000 richer. Your next chance, 9 a.m. this morning with Rock 106.9's Big Cash Handout. Before the break, we were talking about this teacher out of... Russia got outed as a porn star. She had a secret porn career. And Fantone had said, you know, I'm pretty sure we talked about this. And this happened here locally. And I didn't remember the story at all. And, you know, you had said, ah, don't worry about it. Somebody in the audience will, you know, will reach out and let us know. And sure enough, Sarah and Kristen both, which I just... I don't know if we should be excited or worried about the fact that two women listening were the ones that knew where the local porn star was. None of the guys tweeted in, but Kristen and Sarah both wanted to let us know. We appreciate you guys listening this morning and every morning. We appreciate that. And uh, thanks for the info. Yeah, coming out of Kent Roosevelt there. Yeah. Rough rider country. Yeah. I had the name right. Is that right? Yeah. I, uh, I legitimately... tried to think during the break and I don't have kids so I tried to put myself into the role of being a parent but I tried to like find the the reason why I would be okay 
finding out that a teacher was like doing porn on the side. And I and I and I can't. No, but let me ask you. Let's move it. Let's back it up a little. Okay. Let's not make it porn. Can a teacher strip on the side? You're doing it in a public like even if it's a strip club, yes, but it's not the internet, but it's still a public place. Nah. What if she crosses like what if you're in, what if you live in Youngstown, you're teaching in Youngstown, but you drive into Pittsburgh to strip? Different? Uh no, no, because you're still within driving distance and there's still you're still in a public place, whether it's public in your city or public I mean, like I, I don't said know why I'm trying to find the reason why this is okay, but the, the only reason or the only uh, you know, place that I could come up with this maybe being okay is like I did this in my past, and it's not something I'm currently doing. And this is, but even then, okay. Well, could you? Would you be okay? Like, if a woman had stopped being a porn star, done, no longer filming movies, and now wants to be a teacher, are you okay with that? Not really. I mean, I'm trying to come up with the logic of yes, but not really because let's be real, your past follows you, and 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 that's something we try to tell people and kids all the time: is the decisions you make today are going to have consequences, either negative or positive, in your future. And once you've made this decision, no matter you know isn't that us being i agree with you and i on some level and i understand that that's how most people are going to think but aren't we cutting people off and selling people short and then telling aren't we then telling people you know you, it's never too late to get your life turned around but just don't do it this way because my kids are here. There's other ways to turn your life around. Once you've made this decision, like once you've decided to to steal money from somewhere, you're not going to be hired at a job that allows you to steal that 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 works the cash register again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So porn is on video, right? right? And so like we we that's that lives in infamy. Like right. video never dies, audio never dies. So right. like so th- th- people could find that. And we've seen enough stories of kids passing around this and stuff. What if a woman had been like? a high-end call girl and said, you know what? This isn't the life for me. This what I do is incredibly dangerous. It's time for me to get out of this. I have a degree. I've never used it, but I have a degree and every district needs good teachers. What's what's the what's the paper trail? What's the proof that she did this? <laughs> Has she been arrested and, and, and found guilty of this? Or is this something that she can... Okay, let's say she's been arrested. And let's say she was arrested, uh, let's make it, five years ago for prostitution. No? Do, well, do, if you get arrested, if you've been arrested for burglary five years ago, are you going to hire somebody to work the cash register at your place? Nope. Yeah, but aren't you, by that analogy, aren't you then just saying... That she's going to sleep with your kids because she slept with people for money? No, but she makes... Th- because the thief, I understand, may may steal again. But I don't know that if a call girl is going to have sex with a 10th grader. She's exhibited a a, a, a a lack of skills when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to decision making. That So I can't trust her to be in charge of kids. Nah. You can never get to a point where you make better decisions than you did years ago? You don't make better decisions now than you made five years ago? I still have the consequences of my actions from five years ago. That's true. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm not, look, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. I want to, I want to, I want to, I, I want young women to be able to go out and be able to get the job they want, no matter what they've done. Plenty of things in my life I could look back on and be like, well, if I would have done this differently, my life would be better. And that's true. But that is I totally deal, true. But sure. I deal with the consequences of, of, of the decisions I made. I mean, there's no doubt that avenues that that I would like to explore are cut off to me uh, because of things I've done in the past, and a lot of avenues I would like to explore are cut off to me now because of what I do now, right. because of the fact that I right. do this. So, 
and honestly, that's one of the reasons why I've always been a little hesitant about having kids. I grew up listening to Howard a lot, and you know, he would talk about his daughters a lot on the program, and they would get like disinvited to like birthday parties and stuff over his opinions on the radio. And I, I, I made the, my mind up right there. I was like, well, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to say what I want, and what I don't want is have to come home and like grab my kids that are crying because they don't get to go to a birthday party because I'm an idiot. It's unfair on on on, on both avenues there. If it's unfair to your kids and it's unfair to you to put yourself in those situations, so. And dude, and I, I one of the things that I'm like, dude, I wish I was a little bit more like Sansbury in this sense. And I know your family will listen like via the podcast or online or whatever. But your but family like, listens all the time, and right? Here and they're here, and they have the same last name as me. And it's just like, God, dude, what am I saying? Like my grandma could be listening right now. Yeah, see, all my grandparents are dead. Right, mine are all alive, dude. All four of them. I got my brother and my mom. They both live in Las Vegas. My brother's now my but I, I will say my brother is married to a woman who's from Ohio though, and her whole family lives here. And you know, my last name is now her last name, so she kind of has to deal with some of that. Where it's like, are you related to that idiot? Like, sucks, dude. It sucks. It yeah, sucks. It does. Like sometimes my brother will call me and be like, dude, why did you talk about that? Why did you do that? Well, because that's kind of, he's like, it's not your job to talk about all of our dysfunction. I was like, well, I think it is. You know what I mean? So we do get into that from time to time. But yeah, you do. Your whole family still lives in Twinsburg, right? Right. Just still here. Just still like, you know, being model citizens. And then there's me just, just, just bringing the family name down in the most public forum as possible. Now, I see I'm reading from Twitter here. We are the land of opportunity where we kick you when you're down. Second, He's like, hashtag second chance here. He's, I, 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 if I'm reading this right, he seems to think we should be able to let, you know, previous porn stars be teachers. You don't, you don't get every, like, you don't get a second chance in everything. Like, I'm sorry, but like, if you're, if your wife cheats on you, you can say, oh, it was only once. It was only once. You can still divorce her and you still should divorce her. Like, there is, there, there there's a, listen, if you want to give people second chances after they punch you in the face, you it's your prerogative to do so. I don't have to do that. Would, does your opinion on this change? Again, we're talking about women, like you know, changing uh, you know their careers and getting out of porn or maybe out of prostitution and into teaching. I don't know how we got here, but uh, would your opinion change if we take it out of elementary school, out of high school, and we make this you know uh, you know higher learning, higher education, college? Is it different uh, there? Uh, yeah, once you once you're dealing with adults, like once you're dealing with people over the age of eighteen, paying money and choosing the school to go to versus like you do. You live in the district, and that's where you go. Different criteria there, like a different set of standard there, because these people are adults. I mean, like it's much like, am I okay with a college professor sleeping with one of their students or a student of the university? Yes, that's completely different because you're not dealing with children. Heather writes in and says it's not so much that students will have sex with a teacher who is a porn star; it's that they might see that previous career choice and see those videos and not respect he or she. Right. Okay. Now. I'm going to ask a question, and I feel like I know your answer, but I, I but I want you to really think about it. Is it imperative that you respect your teacher? I mean, at the end of the day, don't you just need to learn what they're t- t- telling you? Um, will, will you be more open to learn said subject if you do respect them? Probably. Um, it's some, but I'm not sure I respected all my high school teachers. Well, and I mean, how'd you do in high school? And it's not necessarily. Well, I tried. I did very well. It's not necessarily. It's not necessarily. Will you or won't you? It's still something to be strived for. It's. It's not like well, f it. Who cares? Yeah, I they're mean, not going to respect me you, anyway. So here's you, the gangbang. If this was. Okay. If this was number one, let's let's move it off of just women teachers because if this was a guy teacher, I feel like this is a completely different conversation. If this dude was doing gay porn, completely different conversation. What makes that having. different for you? Uh, people. 
people are going to put it into a different filter. Does it make it different for me? No, I'm still against it. But are people going to put that through a different filter? Yes. For is sure, America? Yes. For sure, they're going to. Yeah, do that. I can't deny that. And as far as like, well, well, do you have to respect your teacher? And and and, and no, you don't have to. But we can't just like be like, well, f it. If this was somebody, if this was somebody who on their Facebook page had a bunch of pictures of them like wearing you know weed shirts and like you know being a stereotypical stoner, you'd be like, no, of course you don't teach. And like, no, of course you're going to cut that okay, off. Okay, can I just give you one thing that I think makes this like weird? Is that I ultimately am with you that I think it would be weird to start taking porn stars and put them in classrooms. Okay, okay? All right. I'm with That's you. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay, I'm with you. But I think it's very strange for the country that has a guy, honestly, breaths away from the White House, from the Oval Office, who stood at a podium. It wasn't like a hot mic picked this up. He stood at a podium and said, and you can tell them to go F themselves. And that guy's not out of the election. So, like, you can do stuff like that and still try to be president, but you can't clean up your life, give up prostitution, and teach somebody how to dissect a sentence? Doesn't that seem weird? Do I agree with you? Yes. 100%. I know you do. 100%. Um, and I guess that just goes to show the... The, uh, the stuff that's been normalized in this election? Right. The slouching towards Gamora. The, 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 the just... Uh, uh, standards. Uh, All the more reason not to allow porn stars right, to be teachers. Right. Right. I mean... Okay. I, I mean, Mary Carey, she runs for governor of California all the time. How long until we have a porn star up on up on the presidential debate stage? Oh, I don't think long. Oh, I don't think long. Will we be alive to see the first porn star president? If Vegas had a line on that, I would bet no. I bet I'm not alive to see it. With that being said, though, think about this. A porn star? We're throwing the word porn star around a lot. But how long until D-Picks become a part of a smear campaign? Any day. How long until someone's sex tape becomes a part of a presidential, like... Eight years. After Hillary's two terms. I think, because I think, again, I think she's going to win, and I think she'll probably repeat and win again. That's a hell of a prediction eight years out. But I think after Hillary's eight years, yeah, eight years. Dude, think about how different the world was eight years ago from right now. Think about how far down this rabbit hole will be eight years from now. I hate blaming things on millennials, but like when we get to the point in in history where a millennial, somebody aged 35 to 20 right now is going to be the president, I can guarantee you that person has sent out a nude pic before. I can guarantee you everybody in the age range from 20 to 35 Everybody. 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 Each and everybody. Has sent out a nude pic. Has sent out a nude pic in some some capacity or another at some point in their life. Is, are you going to be able to point That's to five bolt. people in, in that age range that haven't? Sure. But I'm going to say over 99% have sent something, just whether D-pic or man, boobs. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, man, you're not leaving a lot of room for... For for beer, I mean, dude, you're leaving like zero room. There. I mean, okay, so cut out Amish people. They had they don't have phones, or they would be sending D pics, but they don't have phones. Dude, my, buddy, my buddy Ray's Amish, and he has a phone. What so up, Ray? I guarantee you, Ray sent out some D pics before. I'm just saying, dude, it's not long. Maybe not porn star. Maybe we don't have Jaden James up there. Maybe it's not a. Uh, you could do worse. Maybe it's not the Mexican Coke face guy because he's probably an illegal anyway. But you can't. You can't assume that within the next 30 years, like I said, by the time a millennial is becoming president, 
there's I, going to be D-picks involved. I think Anthony Weiner might have had a chance to run at some point if it wasn't for all his sex stuff. It's just, dude, and again, if you're into politics at all, or even just honestly into documentaries, watch Weiner. It is so good. And it's a little bit of a lesson in discipline. Because that guy just, well, he doesn't have any. <laughs> he just, I mean, he just doesn't have it. But smart guy, probably had some decent policies, and it just got taken down by the by the sex addiction. But we will see the D-pick president. Yeah, we will see the topless photo president. That's why. I, that's why I'm worried about like running for mayor of Canton. Like I can't run for Canton City Council when all it's going to take is like, hey, we found your Tinder profile, idiot. It's going to be terrible for me. Casey says the new commander in chief is Alexis Texas. She walks up on stage in her skippy costume, swears in, and starts twerking. You can do worse. Sounds like Make America Great for the first time right there. I like it. All right. So you picked on the millennials a little bit there. Yeah. Okay. Now that's normally my thing. Yeah. And so I don't want to come off my thing. I like my my (laughs) thing. I like making fun of the millennials. And we're going to send millennials to adult school next on the Stansbury. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. In about a half hour, you're going to get a keyword that could score you $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Big Cash Handout. Your next opportunity to win with us, 9 a.m. this morning. That is big cash right there. Keep this in mind tomorrow night from 5 to 7. Fantone will be at TD's on Tusk, Celebrity Bartending. Oh, my God. Today's Thursday. Tonight Tonight is the night. Oh, my God. Today's Thursday. Yeah, it is, buddy. Oh, my God. Thank God, man. I almost took us back a day in the week. Don't do that. Come on. Forward momentum, baby. Oh my god, I'm sorry, buddy. So tonight, tonight TDs. Five to seven. Five to seven. All right, good. Now I know where I'm having dinner. I've uh I, you've seen me walking around the uh the studio all day looking for the Canton repository. Oh, are you in it? Is that why yeah. you're looking for the newspaper? Yeah. So go buy yourself a copy of the repository. I am in the ticket along with Tiffany Brown, a couple of the other couples from Canton's Dancing with the Stars. Uh tonight, five to seven, like you said, I'll be at TDs. And dude, all this money is going to go to the Canton Palace Theater. I always say it, um, it really is one of the things that keeps downtown Canton special, whether it's the uh very impressive history it has of the performers who have been up on that stage, whether it's local shows, um, you know, they do the Battle of the Bands there. There's so many different avenues that people have a great respect for the Palace Theater, and this is their biggest fundraiser of the year. I'd be uh, really happy if you guys came out and saw me tonight. All right, well, on the other side of all that, on Friday, I'm bartending for Asking Alexandria, <laughs> and then on Saturday, I'm bartending for Good Charlotte, and all that money goes to me. So, like, if you guys, <laughs> you guys want to come up to the Agora, that would be uh, fantastic. No, but all joking aside, come check out Fantone this evening. 5 to 7 TD's tailgate on Tusk there as he's going to do some celebrity bartending. That dancing with the Canton Stars happens on the 12th of this month. We have tickets. We'll get you hooked up before the end of the program today. Yup. There you go. All right, buddy. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna come to that tonight. I'm gonna. Nice. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop it. I'll, I'll have dinner up there. I know the uh, Fantone parents are coming down. From, Is that right? From, from up north. I've and, never uh, met. Oh yeah, I did meet the dad at Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah. The family will be there. I think there will be a couple other celebrity spot. You know, guest guest appearances. So it should Who be a good time. Are, all right. You know what? You know what? Let's Lay do this. Let's let's all do right, this now. Here we go. Who are the other Canton celebrities? Um, it's a lot of business owners. Makes sense. And 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 uh, the woman who owns Tam O'Shanner Golf Course is one of them. Okay, well, yeah, I want to meet that person. Laura of Pembroke, the the woman who runs that, is one of them. Uh, Fonda Williams, the deputy mayor, is one of them. Uh, 
uh, one of the guys who runs the, um, I think it's his brother, but runs the private Heath Warner Memorial Fund, who you know was a soldier who lost his life, and uh, so he's another one. So you know. It, is downtown Mike part of this? No, I think he's done it before, though. I was going to say, because this is not the first year of this, No, right? it's the sixth annual. Jeez. Yeah, it's the sixth annual Jeez. Canton Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, I'm sure here. Mike's done it before. I was gonna, There's no bigger Canton celebrity than Mike. So, it, you know, it, 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 it's a lot of people who are the movers and shakers of Stark County. Uh, and honestly, I think that, you know, hopefully my star will shine the brightest. Uh, this isn't just judged. It's, 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 you know, there'll be judges up there and saying, Fantone, you suck at dancing. But the winner of this is based on who's going to get the most donations. So um, whether you come out tonight and donate at uh, TDs or you go to WRQK.com or maybe you buy tickets to the Camp Palace Theater and make it rain on me while I'm up on there on the stage, um, there's plenty of ways to donate. Can I make it rain on Tiffany instead? Well, you do. You know what? Tiffany's probably listening right now. She's fine, uh, dude. uh, She's got a bunch of friends uh, that that have been longtime listeners. And once she kind of like, you know, started getting some mentions on here, she said she's like the most popular person in Canton City Schools right now. So, you know, we got a lot. We got a lot of teacher listeners apparently. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Educators. Yeah. None of them previous porn stars. None of them. None, None of them, them. I think. As we were covering that. Maybe. I don't know. This morning. Dude, I got to tell you, I feel awful okay. right now. All right. I feel terrible right now. Let's get it together. What's the matter? No, I, uh, so last night I was sitting on the couch before the tribe game. Right. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I forgot to put the best of in for this morning. If you, for those of you that don't wake up really early, uh, every morning from five to six, we run a best of show. And I just forgot to put it in before I left yesterday. Okay. So I was like, all right, well, you know, let me run back up to the office. I don't want to, you know, not do my job. So I came back up here and I did that. And I was like, all right, well, you know, the game's about to start. I need food. Let's just let's just stop and we'll grab something to eat. So I stopped at Sheets to grab some dinner, right? Okay. Which quietly, dude, Sheets has become the best fast food restaurant in the country. Once upon a time, if you said, hey, I'm going to get gas station food. Gross. Oh, ew, disgusting. Ew. Right. But honestly, I, I dude, mean, Sheets is the best fast food place in the country. It's always fresh made. Right. Like, you always know you're having like fresh food. It's always accurate. I don't think I've ever I've had. never had it be wrong, ever. And they got those churros, dude. They still got those churros. They're so good. So I was in there. And while you're waiting for the food to be made, you just like start wandering around the store, right? right? And I came across the ice cream aisle. Okay. And, you know, like the like the <laughs> like the TV show scene happened where the light comes on, Aww. angelic music, right? It's just calling me in there. And so I remember, oh my God, Francona got forty four dollars worth of ice cream. So I felt like, do I stay as brave? Do you fat ass? You better do your part. You gotta support you know, the Indians, do, man. It better do your part. So I bought two like personal. Like ice cream things, like I got one of those Ben and Jerry's, like salted caramel core thing. But dude, I found this other like. Gel- <laughs> All right, I like gelato better <laughs> than I like ice cream. It's just smoother, and it's uh, it, it just I don't know. I just like the way it tastes better. It seems like it's it seems like a weird word to use, but creamier. Okay, and so that I found this bread, this Talenti. Gelato and it was peanut butter pretzel and bro, it never had a chance. <laughs> I, uh, like I opened the Ben and Jerry's first because I was like, oh, salted caramel. Like I love that with like good. vanilla ice cream. I yeah, love that, good. right? So I like started eating that. I was like, all right, well, that's good. I was like, but I like peanut butter and and, and pretzels together a lot. I was like, let me try this gelato. And dude, like I opened it, I took one bite and I bitch smacked <laughs> the Ben and Jerry's like out of the way. I was like, get out of the way. I can't even be bothered with you. But dude, I went hard in the paint on that gelato. And I'm telling you, my stomach is paying the price this morning. 
Well, dude, you start throwing like fast food on top of gelato, and then you throw some ice cream on top of that. I'm sure that's not all you ate yesterday. So, no, dude, I had surprised. like the fire burger that came with like Doritos and chili <laughs> on top of it and all that kind of stuff, too. So blame the gelato? And then, <laughs> so you're putting this on the gelato? It's the dairy. It's the dairy that did it. It's not Doritos on cheeseburgers that did it. Uh, now I, I feel, I but honestly, man, I feel like I feel a little rough this morning. You know, you uh, over the past, I would say, I don't know, maybe two weeks or so, I thought you were kind of in a shut it down mode. Yeah, but do you know how it goes? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I just, I, I get, I, I was in shut it down mode, and then this is how bad. It, like one thing can knock me off of it. One. Like last weekend, I was at the Agora both Friday and Saturday night, and they all ordered food, and it was all fattening food and right. all this stuff. And I was there with like my six inch Subway sub, and I was like, "No, nope, can't have that. Gotta have this because I'm a colossal fat ass. I can never, never say no. I gotta do this, right?" So I didn't eat all like this delicious food they had up there. And then like I ate one thing the next day, and the floodgates just went bananas. And then the next thing you know, here I am. Oh, I'm just going to have one beer. It's going to be fine. I'm going to smoke one cigarette. I'm just going to do a little bit of heroin. None of those statements are true. As soon as you open up that door, that wolf is coming in. I ordered pizza the other day, and ever since, I've just been on it. I've just been like back on food. I can't help it. I caught myself in the mirror the other day in my bedroom, like on a profile, and I almost vomited. I was like, dude, you are disgusting. <laughs> But it's such a vicious cycle because I'm like, well, now I feel bad about myself. And the only thing that's going to make me feel better is gelato. I need to do it. It was bad last night, man. Like, I, dude, dude I like, I got sad. Like, when you hear that spoon hit the bottom, dude, there's no, nothing sadder than that. When the spoon hits the plastic bottom of the container and you realize there's no more goodness. Stansberry is a very aggressive eater. I am as well, but you really do kind of take things to another level. Like, I've seen you demolish food that would take normal people like 10 minutes to eat within like three bites. The amount of times I'm eating with other people and I have to like slow myself down so I don't like come off as like Jesus, dude. Like, I've seen people remember that day at Sheets, as a yeah, matter of fact, yeah. when that woman said to her friend, they were at, like sitting next to one another, and the woman said, Did you see that? And the, <laughs> the other woman says, No, but I heard it. I was like, Oh my. My God. So with that being said, I'm sure when you open that, tear that gelato open, had that first bite, it was just raw, 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 raw. Once you start getting to the bottom, do you start like, dude, stop and slow down and savor this and like enjoy it? Or do you just hit the bottom and keep trying to like lick it out? I mean, dude, like an Olympian, I think you just don't <laughs> stop until the whistle blows. Like I just, dude, you know, there's a medal at the end of the ice cream rainbow. It's got my name on it. I want it. And I, dude, I just couldn't be stopped last night. I couldn't be stopped last night. <laughs> Dude, I got up this morning feeling so bad that I had some of that Ben and Jerry's left. Like, that's what I ate before I left for work this morning. I was like, eh, well, let me have a couple bites of this. Ice cream at like 4.35 in the morning. That's not good. Don't do that. No, it is not. I feel terrible right now. Feel better about yourself now that you uh, kind of kind of let everybody know, got it off your chest, feeling okay? No, because what happens now is everywhere I go for the next two days, I'll just be sitting in Target or something, like looking at something, and somebody will just walk by me in the aisle. Fat ass. And like, like damn it. Damn it. Yeah. Gelato's in aisle seven, fatty. <laughs> it would do. You should have seen it. I mean, it was. I. I just. I felt. I was just sitting there on my couch, shirtless, just <laughs> just eating, just shoveling ice cream in. It was not good. Nobody needs to see that. <laughs> Nobody. You're right. Nobody did need to see that at all. I'm sorry for painting you that picture. <laughs> you know what the good news is? Is I. We will give you a thousand dollars to make it better. At 9 o'clock. And we will send those millennials to adult school. We'll do so next on Rock 106.9. Ben Show on Rock 106.9.
Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9 online, WRQK.com, and about 15 minutes away from getting you hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Big Cash Handout. You get your next keyword at 9 a.m. this morning. We'll continue it all day. Fishhead takes over at 10. He's got multiple opportunities. And then Kramer from 3 to 7 got a few for you as well. Think about all the gelato you could buy with that, dude. I am doing that. Stansberry would just be rolling around in gelato. Do you understand? That's... Chocolate, that peanut butter chocolate pretzel gelato from Talenti. I'm sure you can get it in like a plenty of retailers, but I found it at Cheats yesterday. I'm telling you, it's right around the corner. I'm, <laughs> I can't say definitively I won't get another one on my way home today. It was that good. Like I couldn't believe it. I, when I took a bite, it was oh my! I knew it. Like I, you never just like know something. I took one <laughs> bite and I knew it's done. It's over. War's been fought. Gelato, you're going down. Pretty damn good. Making fun of the millennials, blaming them for things is uh, it was pretty big in this uh, in this country, and I'm a big fan of it. Now listen, don't get me wrong. Plenty of arguments you can make about this generation, but number one, they're the worst. Every generation thinks the generation below them is the worst. Every single this is this is not a new tale we're telling. And number two, the things millennials get blamed on, it's just ridiculous. I saw something about like bar soap sales being down, and it's like millennials! Millennials don't like bar soap! It's like, well, yeah, but they're still using soap, so step your game up, Zest. Okay, bar soap's gross. I don't yeah, I don't I don't really rock bar soap either. I got hand pumps at my sinks and then I uh I well well there's well, there's the body wash in the shower. Millennials, they're they're bringing down the bar soap industry. Well, good. The bar soap industry needs to go down. Yeah, that's what I want. A block with my pubic hair in it. <laughs> that's what I want. Give me some of that. Gross. It's gross. It's absolutely gross. <laughs> but making fun of millennials is, I mean, it's, I'll admit that sometimes I do it because it's easy. Right. And uh, you know what I mean? And, and it is a little bit of, yeah, you're coming up behind me and you're making me feel irrelevant because I'm old. I get it. Um, as as one of the old millennials, I feel like I'm on the very like you know the very oldest part you can kind of be as a millennial. Sure, it's frustrating because there's a part of me that's like, well, I understand a lot of these kids suck, and then there's a part of me that's like, dude, stop talking about me, man. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of half in, half, half out, out there. Yeah, yeah, you are a little bit there. Yeah. This article written by a millennial, and this came from our company. This is a guy that works at another radio station. Okay, and this is in Maine. And he kind of is looking into this, and uh, this is Portland, Maine, where this is happening. And he is going to attend the adulting school. And this is all built for millennials, and it's a workshop that will give millennials the skills they need, because you always see him post this, to adult, I'm adulting, adulting. That's like the big post. Here you said adult school, and I'm like, oh, so this guy's going back to get his GED, or maybe no. he's going back to like, you know, learn something new so he can get a new job or a yeah. second language or something like that. No, it's adulting. Okay. No, this okay. whole thing is was created to fill in gaps. Okay. And give millennials adult know-how, and it's the stuff that you'd wish you that you would learn in high school. He's saying, he says, but we just don't learn this stuff. So they're going to premiere the adulting summit. This is actually about 10 days from now, November 13th. Okay. And this guy's going to go. He says, very interested to see what it's all about. But it's offering workshops to the adulting school for millennials on everything from how to handle your money and finances to paying off school debt, career development, meditation, time management, make it fix it skills, 
health and wellness, and personal relationships and communication. Now, that all sounds very good. That all sounds like things you should get better at. Well, and uh, the thing I'm going to say about it is uh, it's not exclusive to millennials. No, Let's not, not act like Generation Xers have their finances so locked down that it's like, oh, well, you know, we don't need to learn this or how to communicate more more, more openly or how to take care of yourself better. So, No, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because I, <laughs> is because I agree with that statement. I don't think this is a millennial problem. I think this is a human being problem. And I think that... It is time now to start examining the programs and what we teach kids in high school. I really do. I'm not sure Beowulf is more important than time management and makes make it fix it skills. I think it's time for workshop to make a huge return to high schools. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I know what you're saying there. Having practical skills is is worth something, but that doesn't negate the importance of the arts of like. No, 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 no. You need some of that stuff, but I don't. But I think sometimes we pick things and we over other things, and I'm not sure it's the way to go. Isn't life supposed to teach you these lessons? I mean, by going to class and learning about Beowulf, aren't you learning time management skills? as well we're like hey i have to do my math homework i have to learn i read a chapter of beowulf and i have to go to football practice tonight isn't that maybe getting some time management through how your classes are broken up right i, I think through how your life's broken up there and i gotta do i gotta study for the sats i gotta do it in my subway i'm working at subway now and i gotta do it i gotta i gotta take care of my car and uh, you know all these different things those are life lessons and i don't know if you can necessarily take those life lessons and be like hey this is how you do it in class i think this is no longer necessary anymore because most people don't balance their checkbook anymore, right? It's a, it's just not a, it's just not a thing you do anymore. But no. the fact that they never taught you that in school seems strange to me. Now, when I was in school, like when I was in high school, there was a life skills class, and I know you know check balancing was a thing back then. It's really, a, you know, yeah. No, there, see, when I was in high school, like you had to marry a female, and then you like carried around like a basket for a week where you pretended to be parents. Like that's as far as they taught us about life. It was like job applications. It was how to really, yeah. It was how to how to take care of 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 your finances and stuff like that. So I would. Assume, oh, I never. Have that. I would assume that's still a thing. I mean, oh, it, I would hope so. The importance of it, and I guess district by district, it's going to be a different thing. But yeah, I had a life skills class. I think and it's. It, I think it's really time for more shop type classes in school programs. I really do. I think there's a there's a, first of all, four year colleges are expensive, and they're not and they're not for everybody. Of course, they're really not for everybody. And there is going to be, I mean, I'm going to come off sounding a little bit like Mike Rowe here, but there's, I think there's going to be a time where if we don't continue to train people in these things, that we're not going to have enough people that know how to do them. Now, if you're talking about like, hey, if you want to be an HVAC, you know, repair guy, then yes, there's specialty schools for that. Right. Schools should have something like that in trade schools and like the ability to go to a career center makes sense. But if you're talking about like, oh, dude, we got to bring Woodshop back so the kids can spend more time making, you know, birdhouses, that's a complete waste of time. Those jobs aren't the jobs of the future. Those jobs aren't the jobs that are going to be available to these kids. Yeah, I mean, a birdhouse isn't going to help you do anything. Right. But I mean, but learning how to frame a house would be. If you're going to go into construction, I mean, a vast majority of people don't need that skill set. No, but I, I, but I like it being available as an elective. I don't know if you force right. everybody to go do it, but, but I think there are a lot of people in high school who know pretty early college isn't for me. 
now a greater understanding of like tools and construction and maybe like that. I, I, but I just don't think it has to be, you know, well, let's go to the metal shop and I'll teach you how to spot weld because like, it's, it- I don't know, man. I think that there's a lot of, at least there's a skill there where if I take you through high school now and let's say you get straight A's and you're in honors English or whatever, when you get out, unless you're going to be a teacher or unless you're going to like follow that, I don't know. What does that help you with? Because you learned how to manage your life. You learned how to, how to learn something that, you know, you weren't necessarily going to learn outside of. You've learned it. You've applied it. You've learned how to manage your time. You've learned how to prioritize different things and, and you've succeeded. By that theory, that 90% of what I get what I get from school would be memorization then that's the big that's the big advantage to high school then would be memorization right is learning how to memorize things cuz that's as soon as you take the test you don't know any of that stuff anymore it's just gone for most people, um, I guess that's where it comes into like, well, did you really understand it, or did you did you memorize it? And if you want to talk about like, well, school, well, tests should be a little bit more based on true understanding versus memorization. I would agree with that. I agree yeah, with that one hundred percent. That's one of my big arguments with Common Core is a better a better understanding of math. It works you through in, it three ways versus of, one. Instead of just rem- remembering your multiplication tables and and studying those and being like, okay, I remember eight times eight is sixty four. I remember that. Understanding why eight times eight is sixty four is far more important to me. So I can agree with that. I don't know enough about Common Core math to have a to to really have an educated opinion on it. I keep meaning to ask my my sister in law, who is like a world class educator. She's routinely ranked in the top one hundred teachers in the country, and I, uh, I and I keep meaning to ask her. And I just well, I don't call my family enough, but I'm interested to get her take on that. Uh, I, I don't know what that's going on, but I think this isn't a millennial thing. I think all people kind of need more life skill. I think this is a scam. This is some dude who's like, you know what? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna cash in on all these idiots who keep hashtag adulting or I failed at adulting today. And honestly, there's a little bit of me. It's like, dude, you could do this. You could easily do this. Put together a two hour presentation where you're like, hey, here's how you pay your taxes. Hey, here's how you fill out a job application. People pay fifty bucks just to come sit in the sit in the you know at the at, at, at the civic center or something, and I'll I, show them a PowerPoint. I could be the Tony Roberts of dropouts right exactly wait a minute i already am (laughs) oh my god i already am all right we'll give you a thousand dollars we'll do so next hang on 106.9 welcome back to the stansbury show on rock 106.9 online at wrqk.com matthew fantone is dancing with canton stars on the 12th of this month at the canton palace theater there's a fundraising event tonight at td's tailgate grill on tusk from five to seven he will be celebrity bartending and we have tickets for Canton's Dancing with the Stars. We'll get you hooked up with those just a few minutes from now. I have here something, buddy, that... Now, I try not to judge people. Okay. I, I, I really do. What? <laughs> what? I, I, was hoping to, I was hoping to slide that one right by you guys. But this is hard not to be judgmental on. Okay. Reading from Vice.com now. If you happen to be in Sydney, Australia this week, you could have had sex with the earth. Okay. Ecosexuals are getting together. And you can stop by the ecosexual bathhouse. And the bathhouse is an interactive installation created by an artist who described the work as a no-holds-barred extravaganza meant to dissolve the barriers between species as we descend into oblivion. What? Okay, that's, that's concerning. She says here, but they also see their piece as a part of a much larger eco-sexual movement. 
And they claim this eco-sexual movement is gathering momentum around the world. Now, Jennifer Reed, a Ph.D. uh, and a candidate in sociology at the University of Nevada, is writing a dissertation currently on eco-sexuality and says that the number of people who identify as eco-sexual has increased pretty dramatically in the past two years. Of course, because this thing just got invented. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, like, and you always have to keep in perspective here that, like, once you start throwing around, like, well, the numbers are increasing. Well, of course they are. Number one, the population's growing. Number two, thanks to the internet, the digital revolution, we're all able to find each other. Where 30 years ago, yeah, there might have been some dude who wanted to bang the ground, but he didn't have any way to find other ground bangers. <laughs> ground bangers. Oh, dude, you dig a hole, there you go. And Google search data confirms that there has been a uh, a spike in the interest in the term. And they're saying that 2016 will go down as the year that ecosexuality hit mainstream. Now, ecosexuality has a wide range definition. And it all depends on who you ask, obviously. Amanda Morgan works at the UNLV School of Community Health Sciences. She's involved in the ecosexual movement and says that ecosexuality could be measured in a sense not unlike the Kinsey scale. On one end, it encompasses people who try to use sustainable sex products or who just plainly enjoy skinny dipping, naked hiking maybe. Mm-hmm. Or on the other hand, are people who will roll around in the dirt and have an orgasm covered in potting soil, she said. There are people, and this is her language, not mine, there are people who F trees or masturbate under a waterfall. Now, every man in America masturbates under a waterfall. It's called the shower. Like So I guess we're all ecosexuals at that point. But apparently this movement is growing prominence, and it owes much of the effort to the Bay Area's performance artists. Of course, leave it to California and those liberals out there in, in San Francisco to be like, yeah, bang the ground, you're totally loud. Who have made ecosexuality a personal crusade. They have published an ecosex manifesto. That's at their website. And they have produced several films on the theme, including a documentary, Goodbye Goalie Mountain, an ecosexual love story, which depicts the pollen amorous relationship between them and the Appalachian Mountains. These are people that are in love. Dude, so I'm reading that right, right? These are people who are having sex with mountains. I don't know how you're banging a mountain. Is but that what that, I, that's what that means, though, right? Yes. Uh, okay. There's also a, let me see here. And while touring the theater piece across the, oh, there's a theater piece now traveling the country. Dirty Sex Ecology, 25 Ways to Make Love to the Earth. They've also officiated wedding ceremonies where they and fellow ecosexuals marry the earth, the moon, and other natural entities. Oh, my dear God. Oh, my dear God. You Dharma and Gregs, you're just the worst. You're just the worst. God, dude, the Dharmas are the worst. Like, like these. you know what I hear when I hear this? Oh, uh, screw deodorant. I'll rub a crystal on my crotch and, and, and my armpit. What is the matter with you? 
I I agree. This is strange. I uh, I I don't know where you're getting sexual gratification from. I, you know, I understand feeling like you have a different relationship with nature and kind of being like, hey, I feel like I'm kind of in tune with this. I feel like maybe more than the average person, I have an appreciation for you know uh, everything that kind of nature encompasses. Sure. But I don't know where sexual gratification is coming into this equation. Like I, again, when you leave it wide range definition, right? As far as ecosexual, yes, having sex in the water is awesome. Awesome, right? right, you know what I mean. Like masturbating under a waterfall does. That sounds nice. I, that sounds like something I would want to do. I don't know. I dude, water's falling all over me. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm J and O. And the concept is there is that it's not just like, hey, I'm masturbating outdoors. Like, okay, you, that's either the, uh, you know, the thrill of being a, an exhibitionist, or you know, you just can't keep your your penis in your pants. Whoa. But it, it's not. Uh, masturbating under a tree isn't the same thing as masturbating because of the tree. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm a little bit like, are you really sexually attracted to, like, rocks? Like, is that really what's, you know... I mean, we've heard of other people being, you know, sexually attracted to, you know, inanimate objects. Cars like, you and, know, yeah. cars. And, you know, dude, a guy in Dayton, Ohio, had sex with a van, like, a week ago. But apparently... Let me see here. At last year's San Francisco Pride Parade, they led a contingent of over 100 ecosexuals in a ribbon-cutting ceremony to officially, Fantone, add an E to the LGBTQI acronym. Jeez, you guys. Dude, that- acronyms are supposed to make things shorter. <laughs> this thing is getting longer. Throwing throwing the E at the end of that, eh, not the same thing. It's just not. Having people who deal with, I mean, even honestly, there's a lot of differences between what gay people go through and what trans people go through. You start throwing people who want to bang eh, the sycamore tree, that, that, that really isn't, I don't feel like, the right place. Yeah, I don't like it. Apparently, this uh, started to become a thing in the 2000s. And it started appearing as a self-description on online dating uh, profiles, but it wasn't until about 08 that it began its evolution towards a fully-fledged social movement. Also in 2008, a writer and activist based in New York began researching her book, Ecosex, Go Green Between the Sheets and Make Your Love Life Sustainable. Now, fine, you want to use like eco-friendly like sex toys and stuff like right, that. That's right. being socially conscious. Yeah. I can't knock that. Right. KY Jelly, they're they're polluting the environment. I don't support them. All right. That makes sense. All natural lubes, fine. Yes, I, I mean, you, you can find me there. But I, I think it, this is what's weird now is that you're not allowed to tell people what they're doing is wrong anymore. Well, is it wrong? Banging trees is wrong. Is it wrong? How? Because, well, A, you have to be outside to do it. Okay, well, so you're on your own property or you're so, in a place where you're allowed to do it. So there's going to be public and de- well, see, but that's the problem is that sooner or later people are going to be like, well, you know, you're infringing on my right to be to have to be in love with who I want to be in love with. And I do know because like people who like public BJs aren't like, oh, hey, you're infringing on my rights. It's like, well, no, that's wrong. There's there's a difference. If you're in your own backyard and, you know, you've got the property to do it and you can go out there and go bang a rock. Yeah, but your neighbors have windows. They can see you. Well, dude, I like I'm saying you have to be in the right situation. Like, yeah, you can't just go out into like, you you know, the backyard of of a of suburban home naked right now anyway, regardless who you're banging or what you're banging, that's what's against the law. When it comes to banging a tree, you're banging a rock. I think it's weird. Whatever. You're not doing anything wrong. Oh, I think I can pass enough judgment on you to say that it's wrong. I, I, I like you keeping sex with the human race. I don't feel like that's too far. I don't think that's me. So sex toys? Or is that any different? Yeah, that is different. I think it is different. You can enjoy that in in you know in the privacy of your own home. Leave the earth out of it. Like I, again, dude, having sex in public is not okay. That's not okay. 
That's a crime. Right. You're committing a crime. But having sex with the earth is not. Like I'm saying, you can be in this situation where you could do this and not be in public. I think it's very I think it's very hard to bang a tree and not be in public and do it. Right? I mean, that's very difficult to do. How many people, I mean, so by your definition, though, dude, an ecosexual, we could have about 10 ecosexuals in the country. Most people don't have that kind of land. Not true, dude. I mean, I could go to, I could, I mean, like my, like my girlfriend's parents, they have more than enough like property where you can go down there and you can be easily by yourself. There's nobody else on that property. I worry that if you're drilling holes in trees and having sex with trees, there is something severely wrong with you. And I like the country better when we could say that to people, when we could look at people and go, that's crazy behavior instead of, well, we got to find a space for this though. Like we can't offend them and we got to find like, how do they fit in? Well, they fit in in a therapist office is where they fit in. Couldn't you say the same thing about gay people? No, I wouldn't. There's a human connection there. Of course you could fall in love with another person because you're supposed to be able to see, because again, dude, that's not love. Like, that's lust. Dude, if if you're just going to have sex with a tree, what makes you fall in love with, or what should make you fall in love with another person is who they are as a person, not who is they, not who they are to you sexually. But but to, to have a relation, like we talked about, about, we talked about like sex robots the other day. We talked about, these are inanimate objects and they're used in sex all the time. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. I I remember I said that I'm not crazy about that. I'm not wild about somebody spending $15,000 to have sex with a with a sex doll versus going out and finding a human connection. I think there's something wrong there. I think you're afraid of human contact. I think you're afraid of intimacy and I think that there's something wrong there and there used to be this thing where you could sit crazy people down and tell them that they're being nuts and you're not allowed to do it anymore because you're considered to be mean instead of just truthful and I don't understand that. Banging the earth is not okay. I can't believe I have to say that. Like I can't do when I was growing up in my country you you could grow up and you wouldn't have to tell somebody that. You would just be like, you know what? To the loony bin you go. And I feel like that's totally okay. You know what this is now? This is just more minutia brought to you by this, This, this you know, well, let's just make it okay and safe space and all this stuff now coming out of like San Francisco where we're trying to normalize things that aren't normal. It isn't. I, I do. You can talk to me for 10 hours about this and you're never going to have me on the side of, yeah, dude, I think it's okay that my neighbor bang a tree. I just do. You're never going to have me on that. Ever. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Get $1,000 richer at 10 a.m. with Fishhead this morning. He has your next keyword for Rock 106.9's Big Cat Handout. He'll get you hooked up with your next keyword at 10. If you have not seen that video of an Indians fan knocking out a Cubs fan after the loss last night, you can do so at WRQK.com in the Sansbury Show section. I've also tweeted it out at Sansbury Shows. How you follow me on Twitter there? Saw a lot of people like commenting and stuff. Oh, just classless Indians fans. And it's like, if you think there's not classless Indians fans, you're insane. Of course there's idiot Indians fans. When the Cavs won the championship, some guy got like pushed over the edge at Golden State. And everyone's like, no, Cavs fan would never do that. Yes, they would. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I will tell you, though, that I think that we've seen a positive switch in the world. And that's it. That I think years ago, you would have seen people watch that video and be like, good. It's what he deserves. What you get for coming to the game, idiot. But most people I see online, and I'm talking hardcore, like, sports fans, like a lot of these hardcore sports blogs, like the Waiting for Next Year guys and like all those kind of guys, are all saying, dude, find this guy and arrest him. This does not represent our our fan base. 
And I think what you'll see is I think you will see this guy found and arrested. Now, it's like a nine second video and all you see is the punch, not what led up to it. Everyone's making the assumption, well, he saw this Cubs fan decided to knock him out. Dude, who knows what these two guys were in a fight right. about? You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't know what the circumstances were, but at the end of the day, dude, you shouldn't be, you know, knocking people out. I hope that guy never hits me, though. I mean, he's got one hell of a punch. No doubt. I mean, he put that dude out. I mean, I, dude, I've seen less impressive knockouts in UFC. I mean, dude, that kid, I mean, he knocks them out. Videos up at WRQK.com. Speaking of uh, taking people out here, the NFL Network has suspended one of their analysts for six months. Brian Baldinger has been suspended for six months without pay. He went on a radio station in Philadelphia, 97.5 The Fanatic. The Fanatic! Big Tom Sports here on The Fanatic! And was talking about the game against the Cowboys. Right. And said here that the defense needs to injure former Buckeye, current Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott as the key to the victory there. He says, this is the guy we've got, this is his quote, this is the guy that we've got to hurt, Baldinger said of Elliott. This is the guy that we've got to take out of the game. There's got to be 10 guys that want to hurt him on every single play. In fact, we may even put a little bounty on Ezekiel Elliott. Ah, Line That's too far. Line too far. Bounty's the no-no word yep, in the NFL. Yep. After we've had already Bounty Gate. Now, this guy is an, an NFL network analyst. He's not a representative of the Eagles. He's not a coach or anything like that, correct? No, I think he just works for the NFL Network now, and he does like those you know X's and O's type shows on the NFL Network. He's the guy like if you've ever seen him, his one finger like pens all the way to the left when he's holding the microphone. You can totally tell. So it's not it's not like he was saying to Eagles players, "Hey, I'm going to pay you to take out Ezekiel Elliott." He just said, "This is what the Eagles need to do." Yeah, he was like kind of describing how you win. Mm. Now, I am willing to bet, given the. The amount of microphones that are on site. I know NFL Films has been part of the NFL forever, all right? But now there's more microphones and cameras on these games than ever before. But I would imagine that back in the day in the NFL, it was common practice for a defensive coordinator to say to a guy, to a linebacker, along the lines, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, something along the lines of, you hit that dude until he can't get back up. You hit him as hard as you possibly can. Take him out of this game. I bet that that was a very common sentence on NFL sidelines. Well, once you start getting into take him out of this game or the bounty, that's where you're running into the problem. Saying like, hey, I want you to go out there and hurt that guy. Like, hey, I want you to go out there and hit him as hard as you can, and I want him to hurt. I, that's perfectly appropriate. I'm sure that's still being said. You could also say the phrase take him out of the game and mean not on a stretcher, but take him out of this game in the sense that he's not the one running over us and killing us. Take his ability out of this game. You could you could have the plausible deniability of that statement. Once you go to bounty, you've given up that deniability. Yeah, he went a, he went a sentence too far. If he would have ended it with you know they get they have to hurt him, they have to be they have to take him out. That's listen, and I can understand why the NFL Network might be like, hey, dude, we've dealt with a bounty problem in the past. You can't be talking about stuff like. 
that. I can understand that, but it, it doesn't necessarily ring as guilty to me. As soon as you say, like, if I was a defensive coordinator, I'd put a bounty out on him. Like, you set a line too far, man. Did play for the Eagles. Doesn't I, I don't believe has any current, you know, uh, tie to the organization other than the fact that, like I said, he works for the NFL and then they had him on the radio station in Philly. You got to be careful with this stuff these days, man. The NFL is not going to play around. There's concussions. Guys are dying. There's CTE. Like, you, you can't suggest bounties on players. Such a, such a, like, I don't know, a, a weird line with the NFL where it's like, hey, if you said this, we're going to fire you from the network. And obviously the NFL and the NFL network are two different things. I'm sure there's two, a different. Much like the, the Hall of Fame is a very different thing than the than NFL. Than the NFL, correct. It's a separate entity. Though. Um, it just seems so weird that, like, don't get me wrong. I understand why they don't want a, a a talking head to be talking about something like that. But I mean, the NFL is 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 the most violent sport in the world. As advertised as such, takes pride in that. Where it's just like they used to sell hard hits videos of dudes getting laid out across the middle of the field. They don't sell those anymore, but they used to sell those. I'm reading from Twitter here, and uh, thanks for this. That he played for both the Eagles and the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't. I, unless he's an actual representative of the of the Eagles, unless he is somehow a coach or a, a football operation, something or I could get the NFL Network suspending him for this, though. I, I could. I, I think it would be counterintuitive to them to. I, I, I think it would be not the best plan for a representative of the NFL Network to suggest physical harm. In any capacity, because what they're going to say is it's about the shield. It's about the integrity of the game. This is how your bread gets buttered, dude. This is what you make a living on. And you start questioning right the integrity of the game. And you start you start uh, casting doubts into the public's mind about the integrity of the game. You're bringing all of us down. Right. And so I totally understand suspending this guy. I get it. This isn't one of those, oh, my God, I can't believe that we're, we're getting sissified. You won't let people say anything anymore. That's you can't. Bounty was the word. Like I said, there was a gray area up until then. You it could be argued, and we could well. What he really meant to say was this: once you go to full bounty, that's where it's the you know that's just where it's going way way too far. They also did a poll here of NFL players on weed. Okay, and it's should not be surprising. It's like one out of five guys on a roster are smoking weed, smoking the dope, and. Some of these newer, younger NFL players are saying, you know what? We don't want opiates. We don't want these. Dude, look at what these drugs are doing to people. I don't want to be Brett Favre. I don't want to be addicted to this kind of stuff. Why won't you guys give us this weed and let us use it as a pain medication? They've also said here, like a more than, they interviewed 226 NFL players. And most of them said that they knew at least one guy in the locker room who will smoke weed before a game. And another guy says here, and the quote is, he's unnamed. And it says here, I don't know how a guy could do that. Come on. I mean, if you're a weed smoker, Okay, let's just be honest about what it is. You can learn to do everything you do in your daily life on weed. Now, what you think you just heard me say was you can do everything at the same level you could sober. That's not what I said. You could get to a point where you could do your daily activities while high. It's not to say that you're going to do them as well, but you could do them. And I think you could do them as well. Absolutely. I'm not saying I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying I think people would automatically assume that that's what I meant and it's not. It's just but to pretend that you don't think that a football player that a linebacker could smoke a joint and then still go out there and lay a dude out over the middle of the field, I think that's crazy. I think that's crazy. 
at what point do they change their their system here and allow this as a medicinal product for their players? Not anytime soon, right? Um, I want to say that they'll do it, but I'm not sure they will. Well, I mean, you know, obviously federal laws are going to have something to do with that. Huge thing to do. And and once that bridge is crossed. But what do you do with, like, the Seahawks and the Redskins and the Broncos? Well, I mean, you know, much like anything else, like hospitals can tell you, hey. Yeah, even though it's legal, you're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to smoke cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? And and, and you're you're going to have plenty of examples like that where a business feels that, uh, I, we want a drug-free workplace. That doesn't matter whether that drug is or is not. Just legal. because you can buy it on the street doesn't mean right. we want it in our league. But uh, once you cross that bridge of federal legalization, it's going to be a lot harder for them to uh, dig their heels in. And I guess really at that point, why would you? You know what I mean? At some point, somebody really smart is going to force the argument down the league's throat that you know you guys are pushing people towards painkillers that are killing people. Versus letting people smoke a plant. Sooner or later, somebody's going to be able to frame that argument well enough that makes the NFL look evil for pushing drugs. Well, hopefully you can frame that argument well enough to convince America of the same thing, right? Yeah, that would be nice. I never thought about that, but yeah, I mean, if we can't get... We can't get everybody else on it, I don't know why Goodell would get on it. But to think that... Athletes aren't smoking a week before they play games is just crazy. Come on. It's just crazy. Come on. We have the overnight rating for Game 7 of the World Series. We'll give you that and also Dancing with Canton Stars tickets to see Matthew Fantone November the 12th at the Canton Palace Theater. All of that next on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for High Voltage Indoor Karting. High Voltage is high-performance indoor electric go-karting. They're in Medina, minutes off the square, located in the old foundry building. The carts they have are the best in the business, and they're super fast. They hit speeds of 50 miles per hour. Most people who have raced did not expect to be going that fast. Every race is eight minutes of pure fun. Here's a few tips. Right now at High Voltage Indoor Karting, you have to be 13 years or older to ride, and you should like them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter to get news, updates, and some special offers. Speaking of that, call High Voltage Indoor Karting right now at 330 330- 333-9000. Talk to them about the Sansbury Show special. It's three races for the price of two, plus free registration. We're saving you 17 bucks out at High Voltage Indoor Karting. You can check them out online at highvoltagekarting.com or like I said, by calling 330-333-9000. Keep High Voltage Indoor Karting in mind for your corporate events, your birthday parties, bachelor parties, anything you're celebrating. This place is awesome for it. Check out High Voltage Karting online at highvoltagekarting.com or by calling 330-333-9000. High Voltage Indoor Karting. It's lightning fast fun and entertain on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Here's a little Michael Stanley there, uh, my town. I, uh, I I said it to start the show. I'm going to say it to end the show. I, I will I will hold my head up high today. I, I feel like we got a one hell of a baseball season. I think that they outperformed anybody's expectations. They made it to Game 7. You got one of the best Game 7s in World Series history last night. It was amazing, that game. Buster Olney, like the baseball guy, said it was the most memorable and best game he's ever been to. That is a huge statement from a guy like that. Well, and let's be real, too. Now that the Indian season is over, we can focus on the things that really matter. Like the Cleveland Browns! No, I. <laughs> what about the Cavs? You're skipping one. Don't go, no, don't go. You never go full Browns. You don't do that. No, you never go full Browns. You never Browns, go full dude. Browns. No, that's, that's good advice. You never go full Browns. Solid advice there, Sam. No, Brown. yeah, you stick with the Cavs.
by the way, you can see LeBron James' message to the Indians at WRQK.com. I, one more time before we get out of here uh, for the day, I do want to do this because I'm very guilty of beating you over the head when I'm right, and I was wrong. I really did not see the ratings of this World Series being this high. Fox is just laughing all the way to the bank. Listen to this. The Game 7 overnight. 40 share. Wow. 40. Bro, that is monstrous. Monstrous. Dude, if we put up a 40 share, well, most radio stations would pay us a lot of the money. This one wouldn't, but most would. Yeah, Rock 106.9 would laugh at us. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'd have to work Saturdays. Oh, my God, you did well. You're being punished. <laughs> like, that's what would happen. But I was really wrong about the TV rating of this World Series. I thought outside of Chicago, outside of here, nobody was really going to care. I had I had misunderstood the love affair that the rest of the country has with the Cubs. I don't even know if it's necessarily a love affair with the Cubs, but a love affair with story, a love affair with with situation, a love affair of circumstance. And this this that did play it. it, There was just so much of it this year. I mean, you had the most dominant team in baseball in the Cubs going up against a team that wasn't supposed to be there. The most resilient team in baseball, probably. Yeah, a team that wasn't supposed to be there in the Indians. You had the two biggest droughts of of sports or of baseball going on, you know, against each other. It Um, was a perfect storm. the, the, the even the Cavs winning the championship kind of played into that. Well, can Cleveland do it again? Can they do it again? They've been losers for so long. Can they do it again? And then you throw in the three to one lead. You start to throw in you know a lot of stuff there. Yeah, the game seven and 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 it really was just a perfect storm of of like. I want to pay attention to this. I just, I, I really thought that you know, it, you know, it being baseball and there's basketballs back. There's that, you know, there's NFL. There's that, you know, there, there's other things now, and I just assumed that the ratings would just be. Uh, uh, now I thought they'd be on par with the World Series. Right. Like that's what you know what I mean. I didn't think it was going to be like an all-time low rating for the World Series. I just thought it would be on par with like a typical. Now that we sit here and talk about interest in baseball, um, I can remember back in the '90s in the Carlos Bayarga era and Kenny Lofton and whatnot. Um, um, I remember after that 95 series, those tickets for the next season, and I'm not just saying like, hey, season tickets, I'm talking like individual game tickets, those things sold out in like 20 minutes. Remember, people were losing yep. their minds trying to get Indian tickets and all those games sold Tribe out. Tribe fever there. 2015, our 2016 season, we were third from the bottom when it came to attendance. I mean, there this were times... Year, there right? Were, right, yeah, there okay. were times when there was 14,000 people in the stadium. There were times there was less than that. Yeah. I mean, there was there, there were some very, very... Uh, there were a lot of open seats in, 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 in the Jake there for a while this year. Do you think that this turns Indians fever back on? Do you think this turns like, hey, we're going to games, we're going to start supporting, this is a team that I can get behind? Will it be like that? Like the 95? I don't know. Are you going to see more full games last year than this year? Yes, absolutely. I think you'll see that. As long as the Indians don't get ahead of themselves and get too big for their britches and like double ticket prices, you can you can give a little bump because dude, tickets were really affordable this year. I mean, dude, whether that parking was affordable, concessions were affordable, like the Indians did a really good job of that. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's going to be on them. It, it's it's really going to be on them on on, on how they capitalize there because as long as you don't try to fleece people for the money, I think you'll see people willing to pay because you now know. I understand why why people who aren't diehard sports fans are hesitant to take hard earned money out of their pocket to spend on the product to go 
and and risk that. Like I get that. I do. I I do understand it. By the time you know you get your kids dressed and you know drive downtown and pay to park and do all this stuff, I understand why like hardworking people you know will be a little tight fisted with the money. I get it. Now that the, you know the product is there, I think you may see a resurgence in ticket sales. I, 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 yes, you're right. You're going to be a little tight fisted, but the Brown Stadium sells out eight times a year. You know what I mean, and and it, we can say that. Yeah, I don't have an answer on that. One. We can say I don't. We can say now that you see it, now that you know this is a team to support. I mean, the Indians were in first place for at least half the season, if not more, if not more. Now, granted, being in first place isn't the same thing as being a World Series contender, right? But uh, this team was worth supporting last year, and it's like, oh, dude, no, no I'm not going to go. Now, TV ratings were up all year for Indians games as a whole, but it just it, to me, it'll be interesting to see. And I know there's our Eddie, like 108 days till spring training, and oh, dude. And, and Cody Allen said last night, he's like, dude, I want to go to Arizona right now. He's like, I want to go right now. I love that attitude, and dude. It's awesome. Love it. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's infectious. It'll it, it'll be interesting to see if that is infectious to the audience as well. I I don't think you'll break because, dude, 95, 96, dude, they were breaking record. They were breaking attendance records. I don't think you'll see that. But will you have more sold out games? Next year than you did this year by a substantial margin, I would say yes to that. As a because I can just tell you for me personally, I want to buy single ticket games, right? You know, uh, you know, tickets for games next year. And I wasn't, I mean, I you know, I wanted to go, but I wasn't hype on it all year. But now I do. I kind of caught tribe fever a little bit, and so I think yes, I, I I think you will see that. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Fantone. It really is going to come down to whether or not the Indians can. Fight against that thing in your head that says, charge them whatever you want. As long as they don't get caught up in that, I think they'll be fine. Fantona's celebrity bartending. He's doing so this evening at TD's Tailgate Grill on Tusk from 5 to 7 to benefit the Canton Palace Theater, all part of this uh, Dancing with the Canton Stars. So stop out and see him for that. I'm going to probably have dinner there so I can I, I can watch you do that. I want to make sure that some of my money ends up in the Palace Theater's pocket. Stick around. Watch, watch the uh, Cavs game afterwards. Oh, Dude, yeah. there's tons of televisions everywhere. Great drink specials. Happy hour goes until 6 p.m. Stop on by TD's Tailgate, TD's Tailgate, TD's Tailgate. Yeah, Scott's a happy man right yeah, now. Yeah, he is. So go see Fantone tonight <laughs> from 5 to 7 at TD's. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great day. See you.